You're listening to another episode of Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. All right, Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. I'm John. And I'm Scott. And this is episode 255, Scott. That's right, John, episode 255. 255. We're back after a week off. Not a week off. We've, we've, uh, we did two in a row now. Yeah, I gave Obama the night off. The two fifty-five. What do you mean? You well, gave- he didn't announce us in tonight because right. he's on he's on the campaign trail. You mean home Obama? Home Obama. That's what they're calling him now because Are he they? came out in favor of gay marriage of gayness of gayness. They're calling him home Obama. Home Obama. Home Obama. Home Obama. <laughs> and no Obama. And no Obama. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, I texted you. I don't know what... Was it Wednesday that the Supreme yeah. Court made their ruling yeah. on health care? Yeah. And I was listening to talk radio. Yeah. I was in the car quite a bit on that day. Was that Wednesday? Who cares? And the talk radio, which is mostly conservative Republicans, you got your Rush Limbaugh, yeah, right, you got your right. Hannity, you got your uh, Michael Medved. Yeah. Those guys' heads were going to fucking explode. 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 And they're still talking about it. It's how many four or five days later? I don't know, man. They're still saying John Roberts traitor. Uh, Obama lied. He said it wasn't a tax, and now it's a tax. And there's so much misinformation that even I don't know what the fuck is going yeah. on anymore. Because you can't believe anything those uh, propaganda Fox News says. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but you know what I heard, John? What'd you hear? That Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. He don't like Romney. Oh, and he, somebody said he's going to, uh, slyly, uh, put the plug in for the Obama there, the home Obama. So that Obama gets four more years. Well, might as well. Cause Obama is a Fox, fucking Republican and Fox does a uh, great business. Uh, cause they got Bashing something to, yeah, yeah, they got somebody to bash. If Romney got in it, well, Murdoch looks at it this way. Four more years of Obama, and I, I just rake the cash in bashing Obama. Or four years of trying to defend Romney. Yeah. Yeah. Let me do the Obama bashing. Yeah. Let me do the spin. Because I can't even think of a way to uh, spin yeah. Romney. Well, I, I got to tell you, man, um, I don't know which way to come down on this Obamacare. Uh, because it is just a... A duplication of Romney Care, which is a duplication of the Heritage Foundation's version of health care. So it originated with, I, I talked about this with before. With the Repubs. With the Repubs. And then Romney did it, and now Obama's doing it, and, they, and they're trying to put a spin on it. Oh, it's a tax. Well, now the, uh, an advisor for Romney is saying, oh, no, it's not a tax. I mean, not the way we did it, which is exactly the same way that they did it. Yeah, but it was at a state level. I heard somebody trying to defend that today, saying that, well, Mitt Rom- oh, it was uh, Jindal, uh, Bobby Jindal Bobby from Jindal. Uh, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. Yeah. You see, the difference, John, is <laughs> Romney applied it to the state level, okay? And at the state level, it may have been appropriate. So, for example, Mardi Gras, it works in Louisiana, but it may not work everywhere. It's good for Louisiana, but not for everywhere. 
just like health care uh, that Romney defined in uh, Massachusetts. It's good for Massachusetts. It may not be good for everywhere. That's what, all I'm saying. <laughs> so he's comparing health care to Mardi Gras. Yeah. I mean, that's how how low the a, debate uh, has how sunk. dumb he is. Yeah. What a dummy. They have no idea what the to Mardi do. Mardi Gras, people get drunk and show their tits for beads. Right. And it may not work Healthcare, in every state. <laughs> people, uh... <laughs> what? What's so funny? Healthcare. Healthcare. Uh, people also get drunk and show their tits for beads. This, uh, this, this, uh, pre-existing conditions... Yeah. Uh, that may not work in every state. No. Some states may want to say, hey, yeah. you have a pre-existing condition? Get out. Fuck you. You're dead. Go to some other state, because we're not going to deal with that. So now the now the repubs are the death panel now. They're they're ringing the death, uh, the death rattle. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I, I just, uh, it's unbelievable. I, I think it's kind of clever. I don't know. I don't know where to come down on it, but if, if I were... Uh, I'm just going to guess here that Obama put this in exactly this way because he knew that he was going to run against Romney. That was the only other candidate that they had out there that had a chance against Obama. So he didn't do it for the historical aspect? He didn't do it for any of that. For his legacy? No. He just did it for four more years? Well, maybe, maybe not. I'm sure he had some... Maybe he thought, okay, they'll revise some of this while I'm in office or out of office, but at least we'll get the ball rolling. But if I do this one as compared to just like extend Medicare to, to you know, 50-year-olds and then go down to 40-year-olds and then 30-year-olds and all the way to kids, um, uh, at least I'm not going to get, they can't bash me for it because a Republican already put it in. So there's some strategy and and uh, politics going on there, and then the genius part of the uh, uh, Supreme Court is like, look, we got enough shit going on here. We got people bitching at us because we uh, legislated that or we uh, interpreted a law that says, oh yeah, corporations can spend all they want discreetly because it's freedom of speech. And they're people, John. Yeah, they're people. Yeah, which I don't understand. If it's freedom of speech, don't you know who the sp- have to know who the speaker is? Well, no, you don't. You can uh, you can uh, do things anonymously. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm, uh, it sounds ridiculous to me. Anyway, so you know they got that against them, and they thought, well, hey, we'll just say that this is a tax. That'll fix them. That'll get everybody on Obama's case. Well, then. You know, they kicked it right back to Congress and said, look, you guys fucking deal with it. You know what? I don't know if it's constitutional or not. You guys are the ones that legislate. You're the guys that tax and regulate interstate commerce. You deal with it. It looks like a tax to us. So now everybody's all up. But I love the fact that their heads are exploding. (laughs) Yeah, they just don't. They keep harping on the same thing. They don't know how to approach it. Even, you know, uh, Romney said, hey, if I'm elected, the first 30 minutes I'm going to repeal this. And it's not that easy. That's no. not going to happen. And the other thing is, all this false information coming out of the GOP, and it, it becomes a talking point for Fox, which becomes talking point for other news. I'm so fucking confused. I don't even know what's what's real and not real anymore. Yeah. 
like uh, Romney was going around saying this is going to add trillions to the deficit. How is this going to add trillions to the deficit? I, I just don't understand that. Can somebody fucking it, explain the that to me? The whole thing is the uh, it's basically if you if you're poor, it's not they they're making it sound like they're, they're going to take one percent of your salary just across the board, take it from you. Yeah. Which is not the case. It's not the case. You're going to get like a earned income tax credit, supposedly, for it if you're under a certain level of income. The other one is that it's a free rider penalty, meaning you can't just get the health care and free ride on it and you can afford it. Um, so your tax return comes in, you're making, you know, 200 grand a year, and you're just going to go, okay, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to help out. I'm just going to free ride on this health care and walk into an emergency room and get all repaired up and and get covered for this. It's to punish free riders, people that are just going to try and get the health care for free, which it isn't free. I mean, the, the two things that we should have in this country are healthy people and educated people. And the Republicans are against both. Right. I just don't understand that. I mean, Romney just came out on the 27th of last week and he said oh yeah people should uh or should definitely get education that as much education as they can afford that's what he said oh yeah i believe everybody should get as much education as they can afford (laughs) that's great that's pushing the the whole united states backwards because that's what we need is more rich people going to college and not really doing anything except learning about business and God. And then you got, uh, what did we watch? Uh, did you watch that um, Inside Job? I've seen Inside Job. I've seen it twice or three times now. And the more I watch it, the more stuff I learn, uh, which we talked about the there's all these guys now that are becoming professors of these universities and these prestigious universities that uh, they won't let them teach unless they're indoctrinating the students on the principles of free market uh, economics or supply side economics that Larry Kudblow, which that guy cocksucker, they were talking about some of Obama's advisors making 121000 a year, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, yeah, I don't understand. If tw- In 1982, I was working as an advisor, uh, level three, and I was making 64000 a year, something like that. Well, when you adjust for inflation, the people that are working for Obama now, are they got a cut in pay, basically, because they should be making more like 150000 a year compared to Larry Kudblow's a uh, hundred and uh, or, or his sixty four thousand. It doesn't matter. I don't really care about that so much. But he's just such a disingenuous cocksucker with his fucking white collars and white sleeves and pink shirts and power ties. He's still living in the fucking eighties. He's a big whacked out cocaine user. Well, you know Mitch McConnell used right? to be anyway. Mitch McConnell. He's one of the leading Republicans. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Here's what he had to say. He was uh, one of the guys, I think, for the Romney care. Hold on. Not anymore, because it's Homo Obama. Homo Obama. Homo in front of it now. Homo Obama. What specifically yep. are you going to do? I can't to hear. Provide universal coverage to the 30 million people. You need to turn up, dude. Uninsured? I'm all you know what? 
Hold on. You're not all the way up. I'm all the way up? You're not all the way up. And we did this before the show, man. Hey, look, man. To open up your mixer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try again. Ready? What specifically are you Open your mixer up. To provide universal coverage to the 30... Do I got to come in there? Who are uninsured. I'm telling you. you I'm all the way up. Uninsured is an issue. Oh, how'd that get so loud now? What the fuck? What are you doing? It's like sped up, this clip. <laughs> Let me just say what Mitch McConnell said. Why don't you say it? He said, the 30 million uninsured aren't the problem. Oh, yeah, issue. Aren't the issue. Yeah. If they're not the issue, then what the fuck are we talking yeah. about health, yeah. universal health care for? You fucking and ignoramus. I, I heard that Chris Wallace really called him out on that. Yeah. But he didn't answer. He said, no. oh, I'll get into that later. Yeah. Oh, we're out of time. Yeah. I'll tell you how the Republicans... Uh, Republicans. <laughs> You're making fun of me? Handle it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they run out of time. And you don't have to say anything. What a giant douche. Mitch McConnell is the other one who fights tooth and nail against uh, allowing corporations to give whatever they want to uh, elections. He's all for it. Hey, yeah. freedom of speech. You can't, uh, no, corporations should be able to do that. Yeah, and, and buy elections. Here's what um, Dr. Robert Emmett Moffat said from the Heritage Foundation. This is six years ago. He said, we've been honored by your request to participate in giving our best advice and our technical assistance in designing a new and different kind of health insurance market, a market that is patient-centered, and consumer-based, which will ease... I gotta take my glasses off. I can't fucking read, dude. Fuck, Will ease access to affordable coverage for thousands of Bay State citizens. This is new. This is a new market where individuals and families will be able to own and control their, their health insurance and take it with them from job to job. Nothing like it has ever been uh, attempted anywhere else in the United States. So... Massachusetts has raised the bar for every state in the union, and that's the applause you've given to your public officials here today is going to echo far beyond the hallow halls of this historic place. There you have it. So they're all for it. Uh, You know, every state in the union should do it. Uh, But God forbid, at the federal level, what are you doing? Yeah, except if Home Obama's doing it. Home Obama. Home Obama. Yeah. The fuck, man? I don't know what's going on. And here's what I got to look forward to, John. What are you doing for July 4th, John? Uh, I don't know. I might stay in the air conditioning. It's so hot. <laughs> it's miserable. Nuts. Today was miserable. <laughs> and how about those people that they got to deal with this heat and they don't have any yeah. power either? Oh, I uh, know. That's got to be the worst. It is, yeah. So, I am going up to the Eagle River there, John, for the 4th to be with my conservative Republicans uh, relatives. And there's going to be, like, uh, I don't know, 30 people up there. So, uh, I don't know. We may get into it. We may not. I don't know. It should be exciting, though. I'm trying to to get prepared, but there's so much shit out there. I don't know what to... uh, I don't know what's... I don't know how to separate the shit from Shinola. You know what I'm saying? You know, when they just start talking about freedom and the free market and all that, just say, yeah, I agree with you. I think men should be paid more than women. Why not? Free market. 
hey, I don't want this broad working here who's going to get knocked up and she's got her period and she's crabby all the time. Yeah. Free market. I want a bunch of men. How about that? That's okay, right? Oh, no, that's different. That's discrimination. Well, so is pre-existing conditions. Boom! You got nice. Em. Bam! That's out of sight, man. You should come with me. Whisper in my <laughs> ear when I get confused. <laughs> like I'm your attorney? Yeah. I motioned you to lean over. <laughs> ah, right. So, hey. <laughs> Somebody say bleed. Just say that instead. Somebody say bleed. Yeah. That'll be good. You know, I'm trying to find something on Facebook here. I want to do TTN News, and I can't fucking find it. Or you could say, hey, we got a fire department to put out fires. Maybe we should have free market for that, right? You know? I have a cousin who's a fireman. If you don't pay, the fire doesn't get put out in your house, right? Yeah, you show up, you say, hey, where's your check? Yeah. Oh, burn it down. Are you insured? Yeah. Well, guess what? You got an illness, it's a fire in your body. You need somebody to put it out. Oh, did you pay? Oh, sorry. You're going to burn up and die. The pubs are the real death panels. Let let old grandma die, right? I guess let old granny die, yeah. No insurance. Well, the other thing about the Republicans is they've come out and said publicly that their number one priority is to make sure Obama, home Obama, doesn't win the election. So, how is that serving the people? Like, uh, maybe Obama has a good idea. You know, let's say Obama throws out ten ideas, and five of them, let's say just three of them are good. The Republicans will still reject that because they do not want home Obama to have any positive press because they want him out of office. Home Obama. How the fuck is that representing the people? I don't know. It's representing their own goddamn interests. Ayn Rand. Objectivism. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Atlas shrugged. You know what? You fucking neocons. And I hate calling them Republicans because they're not. Because, you know, Eisenhower was a Republican. And uh, the rich were taxed like 90%. Reagan was a Republican for crying out loud. I know. And he was. he, He would be a liberal, bleeding heart. Uh, I was talking to a guy uh, Friday, Saturday. I was working Saturday. And he was telling me, he's like, oh, this Ra- this uh, Obamacare. Oh, my God. Home Obamacare. It's over. It's over. You know, we're, our country's screwed, <laughs> this and that. I go, why? Well, the taxes are going to go up. And I said, listen, hey, look, people paid uh, 90% taxes back when Eisenhower was president. He was a Republican. He didn't change anything. We survived in the 50s. Did the country go bankrupt? No. No, it was never 90%. I went out on the internet, printed it out. There you go. There it is. That's the tax base from 1916 all the way to 2010. Read it and weep. Yeah, until the W comes into office and then says, yeah, you don't have to pay. I'm going to pass these uh, the W tax cuts there for the, the wealthy. They don't have to pay anymore. Because yeah. we're, we're going to do with the trickle-down, which you demolished last show, John, I believe. Because it's not about trickling down. It's about it's not about supply. It's about demand. Totally. Well, no. It, you know, according to Larry Kudblow, 
he's a supply side guy. His thing is the only thing government should do is make it easier for businesses to cut costs. So the more that they cut costs, the more uh, jobs there will be out there. Because, you know, it, it'll like, for example, uh, no minimum wage. Now, there is some argument to say that you can't have a taco stand and make a bunch of guy and make a guy pay minimum wage because he'll actually have to charge like $40 a burrito, you know? So there is some argument for, you know, part time jobs or jobs at tips and that kind of thing. But like big corporations, there's no reason why you couldn't have a minimum wage. You just can't exploit the shit out of workers who actually make the stuff that make you rich so you can buy useless giant fucking yachts that hold 700 people. I'd like to have one myself. But, uh, you know, I, I think I don't need a couple of billion dollars to do it. I mean, there should be a luxury tax. I don't know what you think about that, but it's just ridiculous. Supply side economics is a bunch of bullshit. Make it easier for corporations to reduce costs so that that money will trickle down and it'll give people more jobs. No, it basically enslaves more people. And goes all to the shareholders. Yeah. So demand in a, in a uh, I mean, we had we had booms and bubbles and all these things like uh, the dot com bubble. That was great. People made tons of money, and at the same time, uh, we we gained a surplus in uh, uh, of revenue, which would mean, hopefully, that when shit hits the fan, that that money would go for building bridges and and fixing roads and all that stuff. Safe for a rainy day. I mean, I know everybody wants government to be completely cost neutral, which you should be, and that kind of avoids corruption and stuff like that. And maybe it is, maybe government's just fucked up, and we got to get rid of it altogether and just fight on the streets with for scraps of meat like Lord of the Flies. I don't know the answer. Well, our founders, uh, Jefferson, didn't he say that uh, there should be a revolution every 20 years because uh, we thought we, we put this system together that, that's going to limit corruption. But uh, we've been going for more than 200 years, no revolutions yet, and it's unbelievably corrupt. Republicans and Democrats, I think Republicans more so because they lack critical thinking. Uh, There's some Republicans in in, uh, uh, states, governors, that want to eliminate critical thinking from education. I saw that. If it wasn't for critical thinking, there wouldn't have been an American revolution, you fuckwads. <laughs> but it's a challenge to authority, and they are the authority. They know how to run things. They're going to tell us how to do it. Yeah. So they don't want criticism for that. So from just ni- get rid of it. From 1951 to 64, the marginal income tax rate for mar- married filing jointly doesn't say exactly what the the uh, cutoff is. 90%, roughly. Corporate tax was f- close to 50. Capital gains tax was uh, uh, about 25%. 
Look at all those taxes during the Republicans' reign. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, John, moving on. Here, Let's get I, to some I, lighter no, stuff. No, hold on. I got something else to talk about, about Romney. Romney. And, uh, okay, here we go. Um, Obama's really been cranking hard, or somebody has, uh, on his behalf to slam uh, Romney and his Bain affiliation, Bain Capital. And uh, it seems like it might be working because, you know, Romney comes down as an anti-abortionist and all this. I don't know if you heard about this story. No. But it turns out that uh, Mitt Romney had to dis- disclose all of his uh, his relationship with Bain Capital and then he had to cease that relationship in order to take on his the job to, to do the Olympics and then become a governor and all this stuff. And they give they do full disclosure and all this stuff. Well, anyway, it turns out that the implications of this guy David uh, Korn's explosive scoop about Mitt Romney misrepresenting his role in Bain's investment uh, in a medical waste firm that uh, disposed of aborted fetuses. Whoa! It goes beyond that specific. That's investment. explosive, John. Yeah. The short version of the story is that while Romney claimed publicly to have had no role in the investment because it took place after he started working on the Salt Lake Olympics, he actually had an active role in the investment, according to legal documents obtained by this this guy, David Korn. Uh, Where there's smoke, there's fire. And as Ceylon's Alex Seitz Wald points out, if Romney lied about that investment, then he also appears to have lied in his official financial disclosure forms filled with the government. So basically, in in that form, he said about February 11th, 1999, he no longer has ties to um, Bain Capital. But as Corn's report details, that timeline doesn't add up. Romney personally signed documents after February of 1999 related to the human waste disposal deal and SEC documents also indicate he was a key investor in the deal. Moreover, according to uh, contemptuous public reports from Bain and the Boston Herald, Romney did not sever all ties or management responsibilities when he assumed his job running the Winter Olympics. So he, he basically lied. So that could be, I don't know, is that trouble? I don't know. But well, uh, yeah, the guy's a liar. He'll say whatever he needs to say to get elected. He's a Mormon for crying out loud. Uh, I mean, I have like a thousand questions about that. And then he pretends he's a cop. Uh, from he grabs a uniform from his dad and pretends he's a cop and pulls people over. And he he uh, has his friend hold a future homosexual down and cuts his hair off. Yeah. I mean, is this the guy we want running the country? Yeah. I don't think so. I'd rather put TP in office. It'd be much more entertaining. <laughs> no you doubt. you know that you're getting the truth from TP. Friends. However warped that is, you're getting the truth. TP and uh, McCain. Marty. And for Marty. TP. <laughs> Never go full Marty. Hey, Marty, he's, he's asking if you're golfing Saturday. This Saturday? At Sugar Creek, yeah. Well, I'm I'm getting back. Like, what time are you going? I'm oh, getting right. back like one. Yeah, that's no good. That's no good. We'll be already golfing. 
already golfing. Yeah. I would love to hook up with yeah. you guys and go golfing. Come back Friday. With the Mardster. Yeah. It's maybe, a, I, uh, maybe I could swing that. Yeah. Let me know. You got a fourth or what? How many got? Who's going? Uh, it's me, the wife, my daughter, my son. He's out. He was going and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. He and says. Marty uh, going to come on the show? So he can explain Ayn Rand to <laughs> us. Ayn Rear End. I, he's just going to tell you, I'm not just a blind follower. Well, okay. So tell me. Uh, what did he say? He said, uh, because he actually said your name in this thing here somewhere. In an email? Yeah. In he a managed message. To, he managed to put my name in there and be coherent? Thanks, Joe. We have 12 commits. John, don't forget Scott and Uncle Stan. He put your last name in there, though. How about I'm that? I'm not going to say that. Does that have to go? Bob. <laughs> you know, if you join the uh, TT, I listen to TTN uh, Facebook group. You get to find out our last names. <gasps> what? How about that? How John? did that happen? <laughs> how? How? What do you mean how? Well, how? Because we're on the Facebook there, John. Oh, that's how. That's not. That's not me. It's right. an imposter. Let's turn to lighter news, John. Let's lighten it lighter. up a little bit. Lighten it up. Lighten it up. How, did, how was your week there, John? It was month end. It was very busy. We very like, busy. Uh, 40% of the month sales in one week. Wow. Yeah. It was hot. My warehouse was hot. We had to get drinks for everyone. It is very hot. It's very hot. Yeah. I was very busy too, but when I reflect and look back, I don't know what the hell I was doing. But I was, oh, I know what happened. So uh, Monday night, no, Tuesday night. So we did the podcast Monday. Tuesday night, I'm sitting there, I'm relaxing. I'm getting ready for bed. It's like 8 p.m. and I'm ready for bed. And my wife says, hey, did you uh, put together the prototype for me? Uh, what, um, what, what prototype was that? Are you talking about? You know, you were going to put together a uh, a WordPress prototype for me, and then I, because w- I have a meeting tomorrow, I'm gonna I'm gonna demo that. Oh wait, <laughs> when did we talk about that? <laughs> oh, last week. Remember, I told you. Oh, right. Okay. So I thought I was going to go to bed at eight. I ended up in bed at like midnight. Oh man. So I put this prototype together, so it's ready for her Wednesday. She comes home Wednesday. Hey, how did it go? Oh, we never got to it. This emergency oh. came up. I had to deal with the emergency. So maybe tomorrow. Oh, oh that's, that's fucking great. Hey, you know what you got to do? You got to start making reminders for yourself. So your phone. Beep. Reminders. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Are you hooked up to your Outlook with your phone? No. No, maybe I can do something with the iPad. The iPad. There you go. But then I was just busy all week, and and uh, and then today I thought, okay, I got some time to to get this shit done, and then we got some problems on the computer at home. And uh, what's so going I'm, on? Um, it, it turns here's what it turns out after like an hour of analysis, John. Here's what it is: the right click on the mouse no longer functions. <laughs> so my <laughs> my wife was clicking the mouse, and it wouldn't nothing would happen. So she assumed it was the interface. Yeah. 
what the fuck with Google yeah. Chrome? Yeah. Uh, but it was the mouse. The right click. You can click it 50 times and maybe once it would I, uh, Yeah, I get click. the, uh, uh, what, what did you do to the server? <laughs> what did you do? Why? <laughs> Nothing's printing. I'm not going to tell you again. It's a Wi-Fi printer. Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's Wi-Fi. It's Wi-Fi, God honey. Damn it. All right. It's not. There's no print server anymore. Is this your wife or is this people yeah, at work? It's the wife, the wife here yeah. at home. <laughs> and my because my daughter always has to print something off at about twelve thirty in the morning for school. You know she procrastinates all the way till that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She doesn't study for tests until just before she goes to school. That's what I did, right? Yeah. Except I, I never studied. So I'd tell myself, "Oh yeah. shit, I got a test tomorrow. I better study," and yeah. then I wouldn't study. My daughter somehow has this uncanny cramming skill, but I think it's starting to wane because other social issues are taking over in her brain and distracting her. So social issues, yeah. You know, friends driving. All right, right. Uh, the yeah. girl cattiness and so and so didn't text me and so and so like we had a whole bunch of drama tonight about uh my wife texted her at like nine o'clock in the morning saying hey i'm taking work off tomorrow figure out who you want to take with you to uh uh six flags nice and uh my daughter had her phone off all day because she was charging it so she didn't get that message till like three o'clock and then she hemmed and hawed about who she should ask, and her one friend has vertigo, so she can't ride any rides, and... She's out. The other friend hasn't been inviting her when well, she... she's out. When she goes to, uh, goes to uh, Six Flags, so she's out. Uh, her brother's not here, who she said she won't miss at all, but now she needs him, because if she asks... Uh, one of our my wife's friends' kids wants to make sure that the boy in the family has somebody to go with, so it's not her and a guy. I don't know. It's like I I couldn't keep up. Well, how about we just do something else? My wife's like, okay, let's go to Mystic Waters. No, no, I know too many people there, and I don't look good in a bathing suit. Okay. I don't know what that. I don't understand that, but she, she looks fine. I don't get that either. My uh, daughter pulls yeah. the same shit. Um, okay, how about we go? The wife said, like Hurricane Harbor. It's a big water park up in Gurney. Who who am I going to go with? Who? The same people. I don't want to do that. You know. And I'm like, oh Jesus Christ! Now my wife's getting riled because she took work off to do this and she really can't afford to take the time off and uh now she's riled here's what and your I wife should do they're like oh jeez your wife should go get a, a mani patty and yeah. a massage that's what I said and live a, leave a list of chores for your daughter yeah. to do well I said well why don't you guys go shopping in a nice cool mall and go see a girl movie and go do girl stuff and and bring some friends to that. Why? Why? First of all, 
I would not want to go to Six Flags on a 98-degree day and stand for two hours in a line to ride on a two-minute ride to get splashed with water. Do you think it'll be that crowded if it's that hot? I have no idea, dude. They bust them in. Hey, Bones. They bust them in. Works at Six Flags, man. Bones. Since I think. No. Yeah. Big boy? Yeah. I'm friends with him on Facebook, John. And I infer from his post that he has some sort of a managerial why, position why do you at say Six that? Flags. Are you friends with him on Facebook? Yeah. And you haven't uh, gotten that vibe? No. I surely have. I never hear him say anything about riding rides or... He works there. He doesn't ride rides. Or people riding rides. <laughs> what gives you that impression? I just get that impression... All right, then, moving You're on. You're a weird guy. Um, so, movies. You you talked about movies. Have you seen any movies? Oh, I guess you get the impression because it says it. <laughs> Where does it say? Food service specialist at Six Flags. There you go. You idiot. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> He's also a volunteer fireman. Bones was my former landlord at 2T2, John. Some good times. (laughs) Great times, John. Good times. You want to tell tell some stories, Scott. Ever, John. Like what? I don't know. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah, remember that? You were telling (laughs) that one story, remember? (laughs) What? (laughs) Remember? Which story? The one about the lady. About how I, I would live there for six months already, and uh, <laughs> I finally figured out there were cats living there. <laughs> because they lived up in the rafters of the basement. <laughs> and the neighbors were swingers. Oh, the neighbors? Yeah, yeah. swingers. The guy... I was over once when... Because uh, my old band used to practice in the basement mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. Knob Rock stopped playing. Yeah. Because Dan moved away and married his sweetheart from from, from a bar, from a bar, and um, I remember the neighbor coming over looking for Peterson. Peterson, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all she's wearing is a t-shirt, <laughs> and I could see hair, and you don't want to, ass. you really don't want to, because she, I'm like, what? The she f- was probably in her early 50s, but yeah. she looked like she was yeah. in her early 70s. No, yeah. she wasn't that bad. Oh, yeah, she was. She was. She had some saggy, dirty pillows. Oh, she was awful. <laughs> oh. She was just awful. Why, did, a, you, did you see her whole body naked? I did, because um, I got really hammered one night, and I jumped into the hot tub. Yeah. And then I was going to go to bed, and I'm in the hot tub, and she climbed in naked, John. Oh. And there's a photo. Somewhere, somebody had a Polaroid, and they took a photo. <laughs> and I saw it the next day, and I was horrified. Horrified. And I was so fucking blitzed. And and I remember being in the hot... And it, she probably saved my life. Because when you're really drunk and you get in a hot tub, it's not good. Because no. you, you relax and you drown. But she got in the tub, and I my brain became aware. It became alert <laughs> and said... You need to there do whatever a, the fuck you need to do to get out of this hot tub. Because a school of piranhas just <laughs> entered. 
Yeah, he had yeah. Uh, the husband had. Uh, he was a very he was a corporate guy. He was like an executive at uh, Bain Capital, no, <laughs> not at I, Bain, but at a very well known. Uh, I think it's a Chicago company. I don't think it's national. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they they were a lot of fun. I was at the Beacon Tap one time, and she went down and gave her husband head. Uh, you know where the dartboard is over there? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she was showing off or what, you know, what she was doing. Oh, yeah, in the corner mm-hmm. for like five bucks a feel. Oh, I don't remember the five the oh. five dollars a yeah, feel. There was money being exchanged. Really? Yeah. Who would I, I pay know. for that? No, maybe it wasn't her. It might have been somebody else. So you'd pay her, and she'd feel you, no. or what? How did that work? Oh, you know, Joe. Man, we should have Joe on the show to tell the story <laughs> about the time we we're at the Beacon, and they're sitting right next to us. You know, as you walk in the door, the swingers. Yeah, yeah. You walk in the door, and you walk into the bar section, and there's a corner right there. So you're kind of facing the north wall, and yeah, you're kind of facing the north wall in that corner. Yeah. And then they're sitting at the end of the bar, facing towards like the dartboards towards that, that wall. Yeah. We filmed ta- uh, some of catheter yeah. right there, John. And we're talking at the bar there about uh, the dogs and all this that transpired since. Uh, the house had been sold, 2T2 and all that. And uh, uh, another couple comes walking up, and they start talking and saying stuff. And uh, next thing I know, the dude whips out his junk and shows it to the wife, this younger dude, and she's feeling it and everything. And uh, then they have the, a boner? I, I didn't look. I was kind of like, <laughs> like out of the corner of my eye, like, oh, Jesus and then the I can't take swingers anywhere. Then man. the then the husband whipped his out, and she went down on him right there. And I go, Joe, we gotta go, man. Some this isn't right. Okay, nice seeing you. No, I don't need to shake your hand. Bye bye. Okay. Yeah, right there, right next to me. Yeah, in the bar on right a bar stool. How about that? Yeah. Oh, that reminds me, John. I'm driving by. I I came down uh, Lee Street uh, uh, to get here, and I drove by the Beacon, and they got the bar, they got the beer garden open. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, uh, can we do this mobily, uh, easily? Can we do it? Mobily? Mobily. Would it be an easy thing to do? Uh, yeah, I guess. We I, should do that one night. Just go there and... With and headphones and, on yeah, and put our headphones big on boom mics. And have like an extra mic if somebody... Will, and we'll put yeah. a sign up. Hey, recording. I think we need to get permission to do that. Do we? Yeah, I don't Why? think you could just set shit up and Why go... Not? Well, I, it's right. private property. I'll go get permission. Why don't we just go over to my neighbor's house and set up in his living room? Okay. Okay. Would, you mean special ed? Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. I just set up. Oh, you're in your underwear? Let me Sorry. go talk to the manager. Yeah. So then we could do our show, and then the common people can come up common if they folk. want to, if they're interested, and say, uh, hey, what, what's, what's going on We're here? We're just going to set I love how you just, yeah, just can we do it mobily? Just set it up? No. What are we going to use? Solar electricity? <laughs> an iPad. I don't know. I have an iPad. You have an iPad. We could do an I. We could do like an ad hoc beacon yeah. thing. With no headphones? <laughs> yeah, I guess it, okay, it's more difficult than. Uh, there should be some sort of a mobile. Uh, we should we should uh, 
Make that a product. Yeah, there's actually a uh, device um, that you can slide your iPad into. It's called the iPad Alesis I.O. There you have it. Look it up. How much is it? I'll get one of those because I got a gift like card at Amazon, man. Two hundred bucks. I can cover that, and then we could do mobile stuff. Shit. Yeah, but they have a better one that's like three hundred. Well, I'll get that one. It has four. Send me the link. It has four channels on it. Four different mics can go into it. Think about what we could do then. Not only the beacon, we could like road trip to the Quad Cities. Yeah, and do a podcast from there. Or we can go wherever. You know the, what I'm saying? The IO dock is only two mics in. Yeah, we need more than two. So we need the one with the four. Hook me up, man. Send me the link. All right, John, I'm drinking a vodka gimlet. I don't know where to send you the link. I sent you tonight. a link to the... A gimlet. To the uh, case for your iPad. Did what you are get you drinking? That? I did get that link, yeah. What I'm, are you drinking? I'm then? drinking a... Um, Jim Beam Devil's Cut. Jim Beam Devil's Cut. Yeah, am I keeping you up? <laughs> Devil's Cut. I got a Jim vodka Beam gimlet. Devil's Cut. <laughs> yeah. So, did you see any movies, man? Did movies. Anything at college? I am getting off. Yeah, movies. I saw. I saw. Uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. And the Huntsman. Snow White and Thor. And how was that? It was really good, man. It's good. Very That's good. That's what that girl from uh, the, the uh, vampire movie Kristen movies Stewart. Yeah. 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 Charlize Theron and uh, Chris Helmsworth. Hemsworth. 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 I heard it was visually stunning, John. It Would was. Would you agree with that? It was very visually a lot of stunning. action, or did they slow it down with a lot oh, of there's sappy a lot of dialogue? slow. There's a lot of slow spots. Uh, there's some sappiness that goes on. Uh, the film is a 49 percent rotten rating and rotten tomatoes. How does the audience? What does the audience? Think? Uh, but more considerably favored from top critics. Oh, that's wait a minute. The film has a 49 percent rotten rating. On Rotten Tomatoes, based on 169 reviews, but with more considerably favorable reviews from top critics who gave the film 65% fresh. Um, Ebert's always in here somewhere, right? Roger Ebert uh, gave it three and a half out of four. Three and a half. Yeah. How about that? It's a, you know, I don't know really much about Snow White except for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs from uh, Disney. The, uh, Disney, where this is a much darker and maybe it's more towards the actual uh, Brothers Grimm kind of version mm-hmm. of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Dwarfs. A dwarfs. Um, it 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 has the same kind of plot line, but. Um, it's, there's death and destruction and, uh, good and evil. And, uh, yeah. And Charlize is a really bad, badass queen. Um, and Snow White, uh, turns out to be badass herself. Uh, but there's some parts in there that's like, did did they really need to do this? And cause, um, Chris Hemsworth 
it ends up towards the end of the film kind of like a love triangle going on, going on uh because she is she her ex-boyfriend or, or childhood friend Who's ex-boyfriend uh snow whites uh-huh she has like a what which which guy is this is it sam spurrell i don't know spurrell oh no Spreewell? that was that was the brother of of the brother of uh the queen it's uh, Sam Claffin. Claffin. Anyway, he plays. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't remember the name of the character. Hold on, let me look it up. <laughs> but he plays that guy. He plays that he does guy. A good job. Yeah, he plays William. So they're they're childhood friends, William and Snow White, and. At some point, uh, Snow White's dad's Snow White's mom, who's the queen, gets killed or dies, and the, and the dad uh, ends up saving um, a prisoner, which happens to be this uh, Charlize Theron, which happens to be the the um, Queen Ravenna, Ravina. And uh, as soon as she's coronated after marriage, to consummate the marriage, um, she ends up killing the guy and uh, locks Snow White up. Yeah, who is the king. Mm -hmm. So now she's the queen ruling everything and locks Snow White up. And, uh, And at the same time, this William takes off. His father saves him, and they go to this distant kingdom. And they haven't seen each other for all these years. And at some point, they're reunited. But before they're reunited, she hooks up with uh, um, Chris Hemsworth because he's gonna. he actually was working for the Queen. Then he's like, this fucking bitch, fuck her. He ends up helping out Snow White. But he's conflicted for some reason. He, he's a drunkard who his wife was murdered. And uh, he blames himself. And he's got to go through all these issues and deal with them. And then he finally comes to terms. And then at some point, she actually does meet up with some dwarves, which the dwarves are regular actors that they made, that they dwarf down. And they're pretty goddamn funny uh, once once you get to that point. So they're not really dwarves. No. But they were uh, CGI or whatever. It's like uh, Ian McShane and Bob Hoskins and Johnny Harris and Toby Jones. These are all like... Uh, Nick Frost. I mean, you've seen him in, in other movies. Like, a lot of times you see uh, the one guy with, uh, uh, what the fuck's his name? He he was in Shaun of the Dead. And uh, so they use their, their giant heads <laughs> and they put them, like, on dwarf bodies. <laughs> it's pretty good. So, Spiny Normans? I'd give it a three. A three out of four. Yeah, we saw it at the eye pick. The eye pick. And I realized why my drink, and the last time we went there, I was so fucking pissed because every drink I drank tasted like lighter fluid, you know? It just was horrible. I couldn't understand it. I mean, the first couple of sips I had of my drink tasted great, and then all of a sudden it just tasted like, oh, it was disgusting. So uh, I realized what it was this time we went. I ordered a similar drink, and I drank it. I was like, oh, it's fine. 
my wife ordered a drink and she's like, here, you want to try it? And I, I reach for it and I smell it and I'm like, oh, now I know why all my shit tasted so bad last time. It's your goddamn drink. She had the first time uh, she was pouring her drink and then dumped the whole thing into my, they give you a cocktail glass, like a tumbler full of whatever you buy, Skittles, M&M's. It doesn't come in a box or a bag. They bring it to you in a in a glass. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, when she was dumping her drink into her martini glass because it was a shaker, the lid came off and all of her drink and ice went into my my glass full of uh, uh, Skittles. Right? Hold it. You mentioned this last yeah. podcast. I right. This happened again? No. Now I know why everything tasted like shit, though. So I'm eating my Skittles that are all wet and sticky, right? And then she dumps her drink in her lap and everything. And I go, hey, taste my drink. Does that taste weird to you? She's like, no, it tastes okay. Uh, Taste this. You know, my water even tastes funny. No, it's fine. So then I order a different drink. And it's a martini. It's a peppery, vodka, salty martini. I taste it. It tastes like shit, too. And I'm eating these Skittles, Skittles, Skittles. They don't bother me. We get done, you know, and I'm like, I'm so pissed because those drinks were horrible. It's like they put lighter fluid in them. Well, my wife ordered this, a similar drink this time. Instead of in a shaker, it, it comes already made, but it's the same exact drink. And what it is is the agave nectar, that cactus shit that's in there. It smells and tastes like lighter fluid to me. To her, she loved it. I cannot stick. It's it's basically, you know how tequila has that, that aftertaste because it's made from agave? I guess. It's it's just got that like kind of gasoline flavor to it a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's what this had. So I figured it out. It was the, because I was, I was like, I don't know if I want to go there again. The drinks were so bad. And what it turned out was her dumping her shit in my Skittles. Contaminated. Contaminating my Skittles and contaminating my palate for the rest of the night. But you got over that. Got over it. Everything's fine. And when you went to the Huntsman, yeah. you had a nice drink. I had a nice drink. It was had very nice refreshing. Uh, it was funny because, because of the humidity. The seats recline. You know, they're power recliners. And all of them were making fart noises throughout the whole theater. So my my uh, daughter and her friend were fucking. They couldn't control themselves. They were laughing so hard. They couldn't see. They were crying. You know, I'd adjust my chair and I'd go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was fun for the whole. It family. was a good time. Fun for the whole family. Yeah, we ate at the. Uh, oh, I can never name it. Name that fucking place. Did your son go? No. He's in Minnesota. Oh, he had already left. Yeah. And your daughter and friend, did they enjoy it? Oh, they loved it. Loved they it. They were crying and laughing. Yeah, my wife wanted to see that, and she asked the kids, and they're like, mm, <sighs> no. Mm-hmm. I think they were, because uh, they saw the one with Julia Roberts, which wasn't very good. So they're like, yeah. No. Well, yeah, that one's a f- like supposed to be f- silly and funny. Yeah. This is very dark and uh, and uh, pretty cool. 
Three out of four from John. Yeah. Spiny Normans. Well, John, I saw two movies. I saw Brave, a Disney movie. with uh, It's the first Pixar movie with a female heroine, John. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah. A lot of people I don't, uh, I guess I don't, I guess I don't. <laughs> A lot of people I've come to learn don't like the movie because of the plot twist. There's a plot twist uh-huh. that you don't see in the previews, which I thought was totally cool. I was digging it. You and don't I got see into it. it. And then uh, I thought it was great. I thought the shit they're doing at Pixar is becoming so realistic. Like this um, this girl in Brave, she has red hair. And, and I've always heard that they've had a problem with hair. What are we going to do with hair? And maybe they went over the top with the red hair, but her hair was great. The settings were great. The, the, um, the landscapes, um, the motion, the action. Yeah. Like if, if they ever remake Top Gun, they should let Pixar do that. Or get Pixar involved with that. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have to spend money going up and filming that shit uh, in real planes. They could just have uh, Pixar put it together. Yeah. It would be fucking awesome. Awesome, John. No doubt. Brave, I really enjoyed. I'm going to give that... Um, no I'm going to give it four out of four, John. No doubt. Wow. Crying out loud. Four out of four, Spiny Normans. And I think uh, it it hit me a little harder because I do have a daughter. Did you cry? I didn't cry. But the story's about a daughter and her relationship to her mother. Yeah. And I saw a lot of parallels with my daughter and her relationship with my wife. Yeah. And uh, so that hit home for me. Expectations. I I I just thought it was really well done. Um, The other movie I saw was on DVD, John. 21 Jump Street. Oh, yeah. Have you seen this one yet? No. You have not seen it? Well, oh, I forgot to mention I saw a movie, another movie, too. All right. Well, let me finish yeah. 21 uh, Jump and Street. And we should have seen that instead. Oh, you should have seen yeah. 21 Jump Street yeah. instead? So the movie that you saw, was it out during the same time 21 Jump Street well, was Well, no. We you... saw it on Amazon streaming. I see. So they're about the same. Not, not quite the same time, but So you had the opportunity. Yeah. To see 21 Jump Street and said, no, let's watch this one. Yeah. Let's watch this one instead. And the wife said, we should have seen 21 Jump Street. Well, John, I got to tell you, I'm looking at IMDb right now. (laughs) (laughs) IMDb. IMDb. It's got a 7.3 out of 10 rating. Let me check... uh, let me check the old uh, Flickster there. Or do you refer to it as Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes. 88%. I'm sorry. 85% of the critics liked it and 87% of the users. Wow. The viewers liked it. And the action comedy 21 Jump Street Schmidt, played by Jonah Hill, and Jenko, played by Channum Tating, are more than ready to leave their adolescent problems behind. Joining the police force... And the secret Jump Street unit. <laughs> so the movie starts, and they're both in high school. Yeah. And Channing Tatings like this jock, popular guy, and Jonah Hill's like this fucking dweeb dork. What's his name? Jonah Hill. He's no, like the a other dweeb guy? dork. 
What what are the guys? Channing Taming. Channing. Channing Tatum, man. You're like Listen to my words. Chatham Tating. Chatham Tating. All right, let me get back to the plot, man. Chatham Tating. So it opens up in high school. Hona Jill. So then they they uh, seven years later they hook up again <laughs> they they recognize each other at, at a police academy yeah and uh, they become friends because Channing Tatum <laughs> he's very athletic and he can do all the um, obstacle Tatum. courses and shit yeah. like that but he's he's dumb and so he needs Jonah <laughs> Hill's help with the tests and Jonah Hill needs his help. With the uh, obstacle course, yeah. So they form this friendship, uh, which is really rather charming, John. It's a it's a very nice bromance, yeah. With a lot of homosexual uh, overtones, like us, right? Right, right. I don't have the <laughs> I don't have the <laughs> athletic skills, and you don't have the brains, right? <laughs> so you need help on you jumper know, we cables. Could pro- we could probably sue, uh, yeah, because they made this They're based, based on us. us, yeah. So. Uh, when they get to high school seven years later, oh, so what happens is they fuck up. They're like, um, they're bicycle cops at a park <laughs> and they fuck something up and then they get chewed out and they get sent to, because they look so young, they get sent to this jump secret street. jump street unit. Uh, Ice Cube is the, um, <laughs> is it Ice Cube or Ice T? I get them mixed it's up. one of the ice guys. <laughs> So they're sent undercover to find out about this drug operation. Chatham Taining? What's <laughs> going on <laughs> at this high school? And what's really fucking cool, and I think a, a genius move in the scripts part, is when they get back to high school, dorks are the in crowd and the jocks are the, the fucking idiots. Yeah, like it is now, because the dorks are uh, <laughs> our Facebook, man. <laughs> Yeah. So, they, uh, it's good. It's just good. You should get it. And then there's like a cameo at the end by Johnny Depp and uh, DeLuise from yeah. the original Jump Street. Um, there's one part that goes a little bit too far, John. <laughs> uh, the, the, my daughter wants to see it. So, the, um, I watched it with my daughter, and my you wife did. got very upset. Oh, my God. So, there's this one part. So, they're sent in. Uh, to the find part. they know the dealer right they yeah. know the dealer but they need to find the supplier so they finally find the supplier and then there's the shootout <laughs> and the the supplier's nuts his ball his not his balls his shaft gets shot off <laughs> they shoot him in the nuts and his his junk gets shot clean off john and he says hey you shot my nuts off and so they they laugh and it's funny but then the the supplier gets down on his knees and he he's handcuffed or something. His hands are bound, and he picks up his own oh. penis with his mouth. And that's just yeah. that, that wasn't necessary. I am tired of hearing about your nuts. So if it was if it wasn't for that scene, John, yeah. 
I would have given this a, a very high rating, but I'm going to have to just give it three spiny oh. Normans out of four. Because there was a couple other things that <laughs> they went a little bit over the top. Over the top. That's why I'm so interested to see Ted, because of um, Ebert's review. His last paragraph said that yeah. it's rated R for some um, <laughs> inappropriate content. Yeah. And Ebert was like, this whole fucking movie is inappropriate content. Where do they come up with some? <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw The Gray with Liam Neeson. Oh, The Gray. I almost got that, yeah. but I didn't. Yeah, forget that. Oh, you, no. you don't recommend that? No. You know what I did see? I, I was um, uh, uh, waiting up for my daughter to get home yesterday. And on cable, you know what they had, John? No. The the token taken token <laughs> was Chatham Taining in it. In it? Chatham Taining with Hona Jill. Chatham Tatum wasn't Chatham in it, man. Tatum. It was Liam Neesom, where his daughter gets Neeson, kidnapped. Neesom, where his daughter gets kidnapped. Yeah, that movie is fucking awesome. I know, man. Because they they don't dilly dally yeah. with uh, anything. He yeah. just gets right into it. <laughs> he he just, starts decapitating what? and breaking people's neck. <laughs> when he fucking shoots the guy's <laughs> wife, man, I was like, "What the fuck?" You're gonna tell me right now? <laughs> ah, what are you doing? It was great. Yeah, that is a uh, that's a great movie. Taken. Yeah. So you say avoid yeah. the gray. If you're going to watch a Liam Neeson movie, see the take in there. Yeah. They actually, Ebert gave it three and a half out of four stars. What is he doing? For Taken or Gray? For Gray. Oh. It's got a 79% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, the thing I had, the problem I had with it is the wolves look like fucking. Puppets. I don't know. CGI? What were they? I don't know what they were. Were they they guys in wolf costumes? I don't know what they were. They look like uh, they were stuffed. Somebody won them at a carnival and they painted big fangs on them. (laughs) They were ridiculous. Um, The movie's basically Liam Neeson is a a sniper for. I don't know if they're on an oil rig or something. A bunch of guys work for a company, and his job is to watch out for wildlife that'll attack these guys. And he shoots wolves mainly because they're constantly coming out of the out of the woodwork, killing people. And uh, he gets on a plane, and he's got some. He's a little disturbed. He writes a letter to his his wife. Uh, and that's the opening scene. He's writing this letter, and he's kind of narrating. And uh, at some point, they all get on a plane, and they're flying home. You know, they're all done with their tour at this job, and they're on their way home. And uh, <laughs> one guy starts joking about the plane crashing. And they're like, "Will you shut the fuck up, man? Well, it turns out the plane crashes in the middle of Alaska somewhere. They're They're... Nowhere to be found, and uh, it's not like alive where they eat each other or anything. They basically have to try and work their way back to civilization. Um, and the whole time they're being pursued by this pack of timber wolves 
and it sounds like there's twenty thousand of them, and the the uh, the alpha wolf sounds like a like he's a fucking werewolf. He's super loud, and I don't know. It just, that part of it really turned me off. I didn't like it as much as I mean. He was pretty badass in this movie. Um, he fucked up this one guy really good in the movie, which was pretty funny. Uh, and he played a great role, but I just, I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. I was kind of laughing a couple of times when the wolves showed up. (laughs) (laughs) I see. So, uh, I'd give it maybe two. Two out of four. Two out of four. And you saw it on DVD? I saw it on, uh... Amazon streaming. Amazon we streaming. rented it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you should have got 21 Jump Street. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you got to check that out. All right, John, the other thing I did is uh, the lovely wife and I went to Ravinia. We took my daughter mm. and one of her friends, and we saw Colby Calais and Gavin DeGraw. You know who D- Gavin DeGraw is? Well, yeah, because of my kids. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know who he was until I saw him. What about about Colby Calais? No. I'll play a little bit of that. Here's Colby Calais. I liked her show a lot. We saw her last year. She opened up for uh, Sheryl Crow. does all these uh, love songs, you know, about these uh, guys that uh, she was in love with and then they dumped her. But she's good. She's got a great band. She did about an hour set. It's really good. Ravinia. Ravinia. Ever been to Ravinia, John? Um... No. You've never been to Ravinia? Well, I'm just going to have to mention that to the wife, and we'll have to get you and your wife out to Ravinia. Because we have tickets to train, and we have tickets to uh, the Bodines. members? Are you members? We're not. We're... We may be. I'm not sure. (laughs) We're not. Maybe. We just... We just may be. God. Now, let me try to find... Was Tatum Channing there? Tatum Channing? No. He was Channing not there. Tatum? Let me see if I can find something more upbeat. Channing Tatum? Oh, it's a fucking advertisement. <laughs> With uh, Katie Holmes. Katie not Katie Holmes. Katie Perry. What does that mean, certified? Yeah, let me turn that off. All right, so the, um, we, the, the key with Ravinia is you got to get there early. Because if you get there late, you're fucked. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have pavilion seating, yeah. but so we got there early, and we get uh, they got some really good food there. So we no got doubt. some, we got a cheese platter and some wine, and then uh, my Emma and her friend they went off somewhere and and they hung out, and then we said, hey, before the show starts, we'll see you at the seats. They were there when we got there. We saw this show. It was great. It was it was really good, and then this Dav Davin, Gavin DeGraw, what is his name? I don't want to hear about <laughs> you and your boyfriends. Go jerk off. <laughs> Here's more Colby Kelly. 
Oh, that's nice. You've never I, heard this? I got a lyric she should put in one of her songs. You want to hear it? Sure. I'm telling you, man, right now there's a dick in your girlfriend's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that sound good in a you know love song of heartache? No? I guess so. Um, oh, shit, dude, I found a dildo! <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would sound great, you know? I'm telling you, man, right now there's a dick in your girlfriend's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she did her hour, then she left, and then they 20 minutes of setup for, what the fuck is his name? Gavin DeGraw. And I'm like, Gavin DeGraw, that sounds country yeah. to me. But it's not country. I don't know what it is. I'll get you a spoon so you can eat my ass. Whatever it is, it's <laughs> it's total opposite of what Colby Calais yeah. was doing. And I don't know why they're fucking on tour together. I mean, it's so opposite. Yeah. You either like one or you like the other. I can't believe there's a person on the planet that likes both of these artists. Because they're so different. So here, I'm going to play some Gavin DeGraw. Are you ready for that, yeah. John? Here we go. Oh, yeah, I've heard this. You've heard this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the only one I've heard. I always thought this was Train when I heard it on the radio. I like this beat. Reminds me of Lenny Kravitz. Now, this guy's very talented. He plays piano. Uh, He's a good showman. But um, this guy really thinks highly of himself. Yeah. And it, it comes across in the first five minutes. The fucking arrogance. Which is such a contrast from Kobe Calais, who's a, a much more uh, um, laid-back artist, I guess. I guess I would compare her to a Jimmy Buffett, you know? You you just go and hang out and have a good time. And she wants what, everybody to have a good tune? time. Is this uh I don't want to be. I don't want to be. This other guy is like, "Hey, you need to look at me and pay attention to me the whole fucking time or you're not going to have a good time." The other thing he did that really bugged me This is Coldplay, man. Yeah, but listen. Oh, I thought he was going to play and compare the two together. God damn it. He tricked me. Who, Gavin DeGraw? Yeah. Yeah. So he played, I don't know, five or six songs. I'm like, I haven't heard any of these. I don't Who is this fucking guy? He's not country. I don't know what this is. Then he finally played this song. And I was like, oh, I've heard this song. I always thought it was Train. Yeah. And then we left. That's not his only uh, hit, though. It's the only one I recognized. What's and that tune? I don't want to be. You never heard this one? Hold on. Which one? This one.
It'll be familiar. This isn't. The guy's very talented. He's got a great yeah. voice. He had a great band. No, this yeah, isn't like familiar. To see this guy. I'd, I'd like to see him live. Um, but the other thing that that I really had an issue with, he'd play three songs and then he'd fucking lecture the audience for fifteen minutes. <laughs> And then he'd play another song. It's like, I didn't come here. What did he lecture him for? About love. What love is. Yeah, we don't know what the fuck love is. Shut up. Please tell us what it is. There's no way you know. And spend 15 minutes telling us and then play another song that I don't fucking recognize. But, uh, yeah. Um, Oh, so, you know, Kobe Kelly, she's... She'll she'll sing a song and then she'll spend you know she'll she'll t- maybe do three songs in a row and then she'll say hey you know I wrote this one and she gives you a personal background story about it she maybe spends thirty seconds well on maybe it. they were filming for that uh, that uh, Palladia show uh, what is it where they they have the band play and then they talk about the tune maybe I don't yeah. know but but she kept her her intros really brief. And then she explained everything in 30 seconds. And then she'd play the song, and it, it added some additional meaning to it. And then she'd play maybe three more, and then she'd take another break and say, hey, you know, this is the first song I ever wrote when I was 20, and my friend posted it on MySpace, and this is what made me a, made me be able to be here today. And she would do that song, and it, it was all very touching, very, um, I can't even think of the word, this fucking guy. So they they change the the instruments. This guy comes out and she's singing about love and relationships and regret and lost opportunities. This guy comes out. His first song is about cheating on women because the grass is always greener and he wants to dip his wick somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and it was loud and um, and it was just such a contrast. Yeah. And maybe that's what my issue was. But then when he started going into this long-winded fucking, uh, not even explanations of his songs, he was going to lecture us on what love is and what it should be and how I've captured it perfectly in this song and you need to listen to it. Yeah. And it would take fucking 15 minutes and they'd play the song and be like, what the fuck was that? Can we leave now? Yeah. Nobody yelled, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up! Oh, it, it, we were in the middle of Kobe Kelly's um, set. My wife leans over and she starts to tell me about what's going on with the abortion laws in Mississippi, and she's yelling. Oh my god! And I'm like, okay, all right. And whatever I, however I responded, it made her yell more. And I finally had to say, honey. Uh, this is great, a great conversation. I don't think this is the appropriate time. So she she laughed about that and put a lid on it. But we never got back to this <laughs> about this shit they're doing yeah. in Mississippi, which I guess they're making abortion illegal yeah. in Mississippi. That's really great. You're really on top of it. Yeah. Really cutting edge, Mississippi. You fuckwads. Yeah. Fuck face. This is Cole DiGenova, Scott. He's a Chicago guy. I used to work with his dad. I dig this. 
But I do say this: that I just this guy rubbed me the wrong Look, way. This, this 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 guy here. Let me talk about okay. my guy. One last <laughs> I comment. You were done. This Gavin DeGraw <sighs> really rubbed me the yeah, wrong way. We know. But uh, he's really, he's got a great voice. I really liked his voice. And he, apparently he's very talented. But uh, rub me the wrong way. If I if I just listened to his music, I probably would like him a lot better than if I saw him live. Now, because I've completely dismissed him. And I've got the confirmation bias and the cognitive dissonance working for me. And working against him. Yeah. So I don't know how he can repair that relationship. I mean, it's just a douche. The very first song, a bunch of uh, teenage girls rushed the stage. Yeah. And security had a real problem with that, and they were trying to figure shit out and get them back away They're from like, the stage. Hey! And he says, yeah, hey, I, I totally dig when you rush the stage. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. <laughs> God, what a douche. Somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. This uh, Cold DiGenova, yeah. he finances his whole second record by... Going on the interwebs and basically asking for donations. Well, they're not donations. What he did was, it's kind of like a raffle. Uh, you basically sponsor, and there's different levels. Like if you give five bucks or ten bucks, he gives you the CD signed and sends it to your house. If you give twenty-five bucks, you get a CD and a T-shirt. If you give like uh, I think it was like 600 bucks or more. He'll come to your house and play. This really? whole band. Yeah. How much? I can't remember what it was. It was like 600. It, was, it wasn't even an, a ridiculous amount. He'd come to your house and jam. And I thought, man. And I was talking to my wife about it. But by the time we got done discussing it, uh, he had already reached his... His goal of four thousand dollars or some some amount of money to make this album, and this is one of the songs. Could you imagine a Christmas party here? Put him in my uh, right by the stairs over there. Oh, that'd be out in of the sight. house. Yeah, live fucking kick-ass jazz blues band, all original, doing like an hour and a half set. Then you and I get up there and tear it up. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we tear it up, man. In other music news, yeah. John, get this: so Manny was on the show last Cold week. Cold Genova, ladies and gentlemen. Manny was on the show. Manny. You remember Manny? Yeah. He talked about Prometheus. Yeah. And his uh, disgust that they let a transgender <laughs> contestant into the Miss Universe pageant, uh, and how he'll never watch that again. He was just so disgusted by that. Anyway, Manny has a cousin, John. And Manny's cousin has a song that's number th- 43 on the Billboard charts. Wow. If it enters the top 40, then it's going to explode because you got the Ryan yeah. Seacrest on the Sundays doing the top 40. Yeah. And then it's going to get a bunch more airplay. All right. So are you ready here? I I'm have ready. it queued up. Are I'm you ready? ready I'm hear? ready. I haven't heard this yet, but this is Manny's cousin. The song is called Let's Get Fat Together. Are you ready? Yeah. It's number 43 on the Billboard charts. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Guy walks out. (laughs) Hold on, John. I forgot to do one thing. What? What? I forgot to turn the sound Good thing you're not producing anything. (laughs) Here we go. Starting over. (laughs) 
Let's do a replay, John. Here we go. Come in. Let's get fat together. I want to get fat together. Let's eat cake and get baked. Shut up. You're lying. I am not it is lying. Forty-three. I am going to go right Under to the Billboard chart. Comedy. Ketchup and mustard and cheeses and wine. Gonna stay in. This is his cousin or it's him. This is his cousin. With the Whose same name, name is also Manny. The world is such a scary place. I wanna stay and now he said it was number forty-three. So let's get back I see climax at number forty-three. <laughs> You know, you can check them out uh, tonight at Town Hall Pub in Chicago. The Elbow Room, July 7th, and Hamburger Mary's Attic on August 23rd. Yeah. Here's another one of his other songs. Ready? Hold on. Yeah, I'm ready. You know where they're compared to? Who? Tenacious D. Oh, how Jack about that? Johnson, Rufus Wainwright, Howie Day, and Indigo Girls. I think it's a two-man band. Did you have another one of their songs you wanted to play? No, that was, was it. That was I'm it. looking at the... Uh, I'm looking at the billboard charts, John. Looking at Here's the, another one of theirs called Nova. Manny Capozzi. Yeah, I don't like that one. How about this one? The Dragon. I'm on my way, I'm riding through the town, through the streets. See your face again. I'm on my way right now. I'm on my way. I'm riding through the town, through the streets to save your life, my friend. I wash away the rain. I wash away that stain. Okay, forget that. <laughs> yeah, forget that. All right, two more songs. Uh, this this is what uh, my daughter's listening to. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Are you ready for what that? What do you got? Yeah. I hope there's not an ad. <sighs> I just hope there's not an ad. You know what I'm Lord saying? Lord Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, here's what my daughter listens to. Goddamn Google Chrome. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's an ad. 
fucking 15 seconds. Uh, but my daughter's getting into country music, John. Country music. Ugh. Ugh. You don't dig country? No. I I can listen to country over the rap shit that she listens my, to. My daughter's into this. Hold on to me as we go. That's American Idol, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Philip Phillips. Roll down this unfamiliar road. He looks kind of like my old Russian neighbor. But they're playing the shit out of it on the radio. I knew he won because... He's playing this song, and this whole fucking marching band comes out behind him, playing the, and they're doing the snare and going mental. So he won American Idol? Yeah. When did that happen? I don't know. A couple months ago. Oh, a couple months ago. That's how out of tune I am, John, with this uh, pop culture. But uh, one of the tunes that really, you know, and every time he did a song, they would rip on him because he would he would just do it his own way, you know. And you and who would rip the judges? Yeah, they would rip on him for like uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Stephen Tyler. Stephen Tyler. Yeah. He would rip on him because he'd be like, you know, I don't know if you should be doing that song like that because you're totally, uh, you can't understand what you're singing. And he ba- he took like an Usher tune, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I can't remember now. Yeah. Philip Phillips. Philip Phillips. Usher. Usher tune. Usher. You know any Usher songs? No, not one. I wouldn't be able to tell an Usher song from a T Pain song. <laughs> you got it bad. It's if you called. threaten to pull my balls off, <laughs> it's an Usher tune that he just totally did his own thing. The song's uh, You Got It Bad. Now, I never I never heard the tune. Did you play the song your daughter was into? <laughs> Not yet. Play the Usher version. I want to hear the Usher version. I want to hear how different I it totally, is. totally like, stepped on your <laughs> Okay, here's the Usher version. Of course, there's probably some sort of advertising on it. You of course. Know, there's always some bullshit advertising. Bullshit. Especially if it's a... That's bullshit. It's, a bull, it's bullshit, man. Bullshit. It, it's just bullshit. Bullshit. So here we go. Here we go. This is the Usher version. They need to regulate that. I talk to people, man. Not people, me. Yeah, I know. Sometimes. 
just the way you say stuff. What did I say? Oh, God. I, the, the part about listening to you, trusting you, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Hell no. Hell no. That's bullshit. Bullshit. Okay, is he ever going <laughs> to get into the song here? What the hell is this? See, I would have turned it off by now. Oh, it's not too different. Oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> Yeah. It's winter. <laughs> so we're like a minute into the song and he hasn't said <laughs> anything happened yet. yet. With your crew, John. With your coos. What is he singing about? Do you know, John? What has he got bad? Like the crabs or something? No, this woman. He's in love. Oh, he's in love. He's in love. So what I love about this dude is he took a like kind of a R&B tune and changed it up and gave it more of a kind of a, a jazzy um, contemporary. Yeah, kind of a contemporary feel. I, I don't know, but he's got the sax in there and it's cool, man. It's totally cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool, man. Yeah, I just I. It, I watched American Idol. I watched every fucking one of them only because this guy was on. And the last time I watched it was because that Haley Reinhardt, who was a local chick, and this crazy cat that was on there. I can't even remember his name now. The squealer. Uh, no, the, no, not the, that the hard psycho. Rock guy? The dude with the beard. What the fuck oh, was his right, name? Right. Casey. The musician. Casey, yeah. yeah. Uh, so if there's more people like that on the show, I will definitely watch it because they're like the real deal. Not these, I don't know what they are. Some of these people come on there and they just came off of Broadway or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, here's what my daughter's listening to now. She's turning country into a country girl. Are you ready, John? Maybe that's why I played my shit first because I hate country. Perfect guy. Oh, come on with the shit. What are they, you know, these country guys with the video? Just get into the song. I don't need this intro bullshit. You know what you get when you play a country record backwards? No, what? You get your dog back, your wife back, your truck back, your crops back, kids back. 21 seconds into this. Well, that reminds me, we got an email. Hold on. (laughs) So why does he even put this girl in the video? Hey, I'm going to put you in the video. Yeah, 21 seconds. It d- doesn't mean anything in the video. To this day, see you standing there on that lawn. Discount sheets, store ball team. Flip flops and cut off jeans. 
My daughter's favorite song right now, this week. Her favorite. No. Yep. This is Eric Church. It's called Springsteen. Because they were born in the USA, John. Stayed there till they forced us out and took the long way to your house. So I'm thinking, John, you want to make money in music? Yeah. We should put out a country album. (laughs) (laughs) Ow! What'd you shoot me for, man? I'm shooting this guy. (laughs) Yeah, forget this shit. I hate it. Yeah, Springsteen. Why has he got a Springsteen? Springsteen? Because that's when they fell in love, when Born in the USA came out there, John. Come on, pay attention. All right, let's get rid of that. Now, uh, here's something that I like that's on the Billboard Top 100 that my daughter does not like, and you're probably going to hate it. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah. Here we go. You ever heard this? No, I don't. Probably because my daughter listens to 101.9. This reminds me of like um, an ABBA tune, you know? It's just a feel-good summer song. I dig yeah. it. So if we do karaoke, this is the song I'm going to sing. Okay. Hey! I'm a soldier boy! Just call me lazy! Oh yeah! Not lazy, man. Crazy! (laughs) I can't believe you like this after joining Keg Record, we give you a list of songs. And you're like, um, hey, um... I don't know if this is a joke or not, but there's a song. <laughs> cool it now. Hey, watch out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not playing that one. No. Uh, I, is that a joke or no? No, it's not a joke, Scott. We're playing that song. No. Come on. I'm not. That, come on. Come I'm not on. playing Let's that. listen to Cool It Now. Yeah. I've never heard the song. You guys give me this <laughs> song. <laughs> And I'm like, really? Come on, really? You want to? It's no different than that shit you just played. Oh no, I completely Ricky, disagree. Ricky, Bobby, Johnny, and Mike. <laughs> it's the same beat. This Listen is... to this guy. He sounds like he could be one it's of Bobby the seven Brown. dwarfs. <laughs> it's the song you're gonna sing at karaoke. That's Bobby Brown? Yeah. The first singer? I'm pretty sure. I don't think it's Bobby Brown. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, isn't it? Jeez, when did his balls drop? Prepubescent. <laughs> oh, no, it's not Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown is the, the dude on the uh, left. Yeah, I can see Belle Biv DeVoe in here. 
I see Bobby Brown. Yeah, so when I heard that, I had like an MP3 and I put it in and I'm listening to it and I'm like, is this fucking sped up? What? What's with the voice on this? Is this a is this a girl? Is this what is this? I'm like you get this is a joke, right? They're they're joking me. <laughs> and then you told me that Zach uh, knows like all yeah, the lyrics. He knows it all. Because <laughs> I had never heard this song. Billboard Hot 100, Scott. Here comes Bobby Brown. He's coming up. Here's no, that's not him. Oh, Ralph Tresvant. Tr- oh, Bobby Brown hasn't had a lead yet. Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard enough. I've heard enough of that. Your mother is a whore and your sister is a dyke. Uh, That's mean. I shouldn't say that. Have you seen Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown's daughter? What's her name? No. I feel bad for her. Whitney Houston, one of the most beautiful women in the world, right? Yeah, was. Then she marries this Bobby Brown. And he and brings the, her down, The man. daughter... Looks like Bobby Brown. Yeah. <laughs> uh! yeah. All right, John, moving on. All right, we got to move on, man. It's 1030. Yeah, we got to uh, TTN news. Let's cover some TTN news. We covered this last week. We're going to cover it again. Jason, our listener, Jason, he has a novel out called Berserker. I think you can get it Amazon Kindle. Yeah. Amber finished her review of Fifty Shades of Grey. Her last blog post on this particular book. It'll be interesting to see. I guess there's three books. There's a trilogy of Shades of Grey books. If she will also cover those as well. But she wrapped up her final blog on the first one, Shades of Grey. Uh, Air up my shorts. They're doing a raffle, John. A raffle. Yeah. Uh, Where do you go? You go to Air Up My Shorts, right? And you sign up for this raffle, and you could win an original Word Hoor oil painting. Now, the best TTN news of all, John, the best news of all, George, our listener George, he released his sixth episode, but it's no longer a TTN exclusive. He has his own website, John. Really? Yes, so I no longer have to upload the show's to the Facebook wow, page at TTN Exclusive. He has his own website. He's probably on episode seven by now. What do I know? Yeah. And then one more uh, listener, TTN listener news, John. This is very exciting. Yeah. I don't know what it means, but it's it seems exciting. Yeah. And this is from our own Andrew UK. Uh, he says, I'm standing <laughs> for election as a UCH governor. What is that, John? U-C-H. U-C-H. Uck. I don't know what that means. Uck. uck. An uck governor. Uck. So if you've been a patient at U-C-H London, ah, it must be a hospital, uh, please become a member now so you can get on the ballot 
uh, you can get a ballot yeah. in June and vote for me by July 20th. Thanks. And and if he makes it, you can go, hello, governor. That's right. Yeah. It's a governor. Hello, governor. Governor. <laughs> <laughs> what is that from? Is that from Mary Poppins? I don't know. With Dick Van Dyke? Probably. He's horrible. Hello, governor. Hello, governor. Hold on. Wait a minute. Pip, pip. I went Cheerio. to the... I went to the Become a Member. Oh, it's the University College London Hospitals. <laughs> and there are some videos there. You're going to be... A, yeah, I know. You went to Become a Member. But I don't see Andrew UK. Uh-oh. He doesn't have a video. I wonder who these people are. Uh, watch the following clip to learn how members and governors are making a difference in contributing <laughs> to helping... The patient experience. Well, he should hook up with uh, the great Stephen yeah. C because that's what he's all about is the patient experience. Right on. And Stephen C, I believe, is a graduate of University College London. How about that? No doubt. So that's TTN Listener News, John. Listener News. We have an email. We have an email. Yeah. Yes. What is it? This is from Adam. He Adam. says, Hey guys, great show. Love your work. And just wanted to mention that I met uh, the one and only Christopher Lloyd at a pop culture convention down here in Australia. Straight up gentleman and nice guy. In one of the greatest movies of all yeah. time, John, Back to the Future. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd, who played uh, Doc. He played Doc. Yeah. Doc Not Brown. only that, John, he was uh, in Taxi. As Jim. Yeah. How about that? Adam says... Uh, Here's a joke you may enjoy. Yes. A woman is at home when she hears uh, someone knock at the door. She goes to the door and opens the door to see a man standing there. He asks the lady, do you have a vagina? She slams the door in disgust. The next morning, she hears a knock at the door, and it's the same man. And he asks the same question of the woman. Do you have a vagina? She slams the door again. Later that night, when her husband gets home, she tells him what has happened for the last two days. The husband tells the wife in a loving and concerned voice, Honey, I am taking tomorrow off to be home just in case this guy shows up again. The next morning, they hear a knock and both run for the door. The husband says to the wife in a whispered voice, Honey, I'm going to hide behind the door and listen. And if it's the same guy... I want you to answer yes to his question because I want to see where this bastard is going with it. She nods yes to her husband and opens the door. Sure enough, the same fellow is standing there and asks the same question. Do you have a vagina? Yes, actually, I have a vagina, she says. The man replies, good. Would you mind telling your husband to leave my wife's alone and start using yours? <laughs> That's funny. John. Is that a real laugh? Are you are you laughing? No, not at all. I think I heard that one. That's before. from Adam. That's like the joke where the uh uh <laughs> this woman's naked, she, she hears a knock at the door, and uh she says, Who is it? He says, Blind man. Oh, and she goes, Oh, he's blind, he's not gonna see me naked. Opens the door, yes. Oh, nice tits. Where do you want your blinds? That's that's good, John. It's good. 
What did the blind man say when he was passing the fish market? Um, I don't know. Good morning, ladies. <laughs> we have female listeners, John. <laughs> it's a joke, Scott. Come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, then. Moving on. Huge. You know why Helen Keller couldn't call for help when she fell off the cliff? No, why? She had her mittens on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know why she masturbates with one hand? So she can uh, scream with the other? Yeah. Yeah. Moan, actually. Moan, whatever. How do you make a hormone? Uh, you take away her um, something. I don't know. Put sand or Vaseline. Yeah, there you go. You know what airplanes and hookers have in common? Uh, no, I don't. They both have cockpits. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? I got a million of them. <laughs> a million of them. All right, John, moving on. Moving on, John. Huge celebrity news this week. Yeah. I think we predicted this. We can probably go back to the archives and find it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if you've heard this or not, but Tom Cruise... And Katie Holmes are getting a divorce. No. Yeah. Tom Cruise crazy. No doubt, man. Tom Cruise is so in love with Katie. Still is. Yeah. At least all his people tell him so. She dumped him. And while he thinks that she's a very special She's upset because she didn't appear in the second Batman. It's probably not the way he choose to go. But a lifetime of longing looks would cause too much distraction. Good thing that he's not gay anymore. <laughs> anymore. That's right, Scott. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise crazy. Just be glad it's him, not you. Yeah. John Colton. John Colton. Check it out. Tom Cruise crazy. And I think here's when we got a glimpse of uh, the craziness that is Tom Cruise. Are you ready for this, John? Yeah. Hopefully there's not an ad. This is Oprah. Tom Cruise. I think this is before they were married, John. Before. Now he's kneeling. He's bowing down to Oprah. Now he's sitting down. He's very giddy. Thanks for coming to my Legends Ball with Katie. Was that the best fun? Was that? Yes! Now he's double high-fiving her. What happened to you? Now he's standing up and raising his arms. Now he's uh, doing a Tiger Woods punch. He's down on his knees. He's pounding the floor. He's fucking insane, John. (laughs) Something happened to you. Something happened to you. I'm in love. He's in love, John. I'm in love. When you watch this, it's so fucking phony and creepy and scary. What's the best is when uh, somebody superimposed like the lightning, the oh, Star right. Wars yeah. lightning. I've never seen you behave this way. Ah! Have you ever felt this way? That's when he jumped on the couch. Yeah, he's fucking insane. 
I'm not going to pretend. <laughs> See, you're not. You know Katie once told Seventeen Magazine. Yes. I jumped on the couch again. Yeah, I thought this was a fucking interview. Yeah. Sit your ass down. This is how uncomfortable he is professing his love for a woman because yeah. he loves men, allegedly. Allegedly. Personally, but you know. He did it again. You can't do that. We're going to do that. That's why you're here. A double high five again. Of course I'm going to do that. Somebody tased this fucking guy. Look at There's no interview. No, just a lot of silliness. You just had to say your name. You just had to say your name. I'm a husband, you know what I mean? So that's that's what it's like with Steven and I, you yeah. know? Yeah, and when you've been hugged by Tom, you've been hugged. Oh, that's, that's creepy. Let's right. move on to yeah. Tom Cruise chewing never. out Matt Lauer. Uh, before I was a Scientologist, I never agreed with psychiatry. And then when I started studying the history of psychiatry, I started realizing more and more why I didn't agree with psychiatry. And as far as the Brooke Shields thing is, look. Listen. You got to understand, I really care about Brooke Shields. You got to understand that, John. I, I think here's a, a, a wonderful and talented woman. And uh, I want to see her do well. And I know that uh, psychiatry is, is a pseudoscience. But, but Tom, if she <laughs> said that this particular thing helped her feel better, whether it was the antidepressant or going to a counselor or a psychiatrist, isn't that enough? Matt, you have to understand this. Here we are today, where I talk out against drugs and psychiatric abuses of electric shocking people. Mm-hmm. Okay, against Didn't their they stop will, that? Of drugging children with them like not 50 knowing years ago? the effects of yeah. these drugs. Do you know what Adderall is? Do you know Ritalin? Do you know now that Ritalin is a street drug? Do you understand that? This the just ends, Scott. Is, no, 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 again. Yes, what is it? Tom Cruise's little daughter, Suri, faced an inquisition of 99 sinister questions at a Scientology boot camp. It was revealed last night. The chilling prospect helped to convince Cruise's wife, Katie Holmes, 33, to divorce the movie superstar who is 50 today. Katie was spotted yesterday for the first time since her announcement. The glum-looking actress seemed keen to show she was not wearing a wedding ring. She feared Cruise was about to send their six-year-old girl... To the C organization, a hardcore group within the religious sect followed by the Top Gun star. Kids chosen for induction into the cult are sent to secret military-style boot camps. And clasping an E-meter that measures electrical currents in their bodies like a lie detector. They're asked bizarre questions uh, barked. Questions barked. By a Scientology ethics officer. It's called sec checking, John. Yeah. Sec checking. Sec checking. Security check. Here's some of the questions. You ready? Yeah. I'll answer them. Have you ever thought someone was crazy? Yes, Tom Cruise. Have you ever decided someday when I'm growing up, I'll get even? If so, with whom? Yes, Tom Cruise. Okay. Have you ever gotten yourself dirty on purpose? Yes. By okay. <laughs> thinking of Tom Cruise. <laughs> Have you ever refused to eat just to worry someone? No. Have you ever been mean or cruel to an animal, bird, or fish? No. Do you have a secret? Yes. Have you ever felt ashamed of your parents? 
Yes. Just Tom Cruise. (laughs) Have you ever done something to your body that you shouldn't have? Yes. Oh, all right. That's out of sight. (laughs) Nice. By whose definition? Yeah. Xenus? You're right. Have you ever been a coward? Yes. Have you ever spied on anyone? Yes. Have you ever thought someone was crazy? Yes, Tom Cruise. (laughs) You answered me that one already. Well, it was out there again. We ask it multiple times. They so have just her. been sec checking. Yeah. That's. Are you done? Yeah. Are there any it. more questions? That's all I got. That's right it. Now. And what do you do with those answers? I don't know. We uh, we we categorize them. We look at them. We talk about them. We decide if you're uh, uh, Scientology worthy. Uh, if if not, then we do we grill you some more. Come on, really? Yeah. Is David Miscavige going to tell Tom Cruise that his daughter's not Scientology worthy? Yeah. In what fucking universe would that ever happen? None. I don't know. It says they helped uh, her to surprise Cruise by leaving the couple's Beverly Hills home and moving into a New York apartment with the child. Mark Headley, 39, who quit eight years ago after being recruited by the C organization at at 16, said, I was exposed to things I'll never be able to erase from my mind. Our our idea of what was happening in the real world was severely warped. Cruz is said to be a leading supporter of the sea organization known as Sea Org. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it was founded by sci-fi writer and Scientology creator L. Ron Hubbard in 1968. Who used to hang out with Ayn Rand. Yeah. And run on board boats. Well, here's what happened. Katie Holmes had a crush on Tom Cruise. She's an actress. Tom Cruise was a box office megastar. She had posters of him in her room. Tom Cruise calls her or has his people call her to set up a date. And she's like, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this. She gets involved in this Tom Cruise world. She's got this crush. She gets married to the guy. And what I really want to know. And and this is the interview that Oprah needs to do now. And the question I want to know, I want answered, is how long did it take you to figure out that he was fucking insane? I mean, off the fucking charts insane. Did that take a year? How long does that take for a girl who, who has a crush on a guy? Um, I would think it, it took less than a year. Yeah. Maybe a little more than a year. What do I know? And then she's like, well, I'm in this. I have a kid. This is pretty cool. I got uh, no worries, no financial worries. I can't do what I want career-wise. But, uh, okay, I'll go along with it. And then the Scientology shit started getting uh, full-court press, and especially with her kid. That's when she was like, fuck this. <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I got enough shit on him. He's cra- he's fucking insane. He's Tom Cruise crazy. I am getting out. So she, uh, before she even uh, filed for divorce, she went and got herself her own apartment. And then apparently this took Tom Cruise by surprise. That's how fucking out of touch this guy is. Yeah. Um, I found this really interesting tidbit. Let me see if I can pull this up. Whip it out. You know what I'm saying, John? Yeah. See if I can whip this out. Ah, damn it. I don't see it. 
that means I'm going to have to paraphrase. I don't like paraphrasing. I saw this somewhere. Christian Bale. You know who Christian yeah, Bale is. heard of him. He's been an actor since he was 12. I've heard of him, yeah. He was in the great movie American Psycho. You've seen American Psycho, yeah. right? It's about a, a corporate uh, uh, investment banker who's a psycho. And when Christian Bale was offered this role and he accepted the role, yes, I'm going to play this part. Now, who who can I base this person on? Who can I pretend to be to be an American psycho? And he happened to be watching David Letterman one night and Tom Cruise came on. And within 10 seconds, Christian Bale was like, that's the motherfucker no. I need to pretend he to be. He never said that. Yes, what? he said that. He, I need to, to model American Psycho, the character I'm playing in American Psycho, after Tom Cruise. Because Tom Cruise is good looking, he's charming, but there's fucking nothing going on. <laughs> Sympathy, empathy, none of that. It's all an act. And Christian, here's what I don't understand. Christian Bale identified this watching 10 seconds of Tom Cruise on David Letterman 20 years ago or whenever that was. Katie, how long did it take Katie Holmes, Katie, to figure it out (laughs) that he was fucking insane? And I remember when they got married. You're right. We said to Katie, we said, please, what are you doing? Call John and Scott. We'll set you straight. What are you doing? This is a mistake. This guy's insane. This is in 2010, he said. Uh, yeah, as Patrick Bateman, Christian Bale's performance in 2000's American Cycle was so frighteningly believable, he must have had some real-life inspiration. Turns out Bale studied Tom Cruise's mannerisms. <laughs> was he, was he nominated wow. for that American Psycho for that performance? I don't know. Oh my god! Oh, we talked about how Martian like Patrick Bateman was. How he was looking at the world like somebody from another planet, watching what people did and trying to work out the right way to behave. And then one day. He called me, and he'd been watching Tom Cruise and David Letterman. I can't believe it. I thought you made that up. No, I I read that, man. I read that. (laughs) And he just had this very intense friendliness with nothing behind the eyes, and he was really taken with this energy. And there's a picture of him with blood all over his face (laughs) and his mouth (laughs) wide open and his eyeballs, and Tom Cruise right next to him. Well, and the other thing about Scientology I have no is... no idea. So they want to get her, uh, Surrey, involved in this uh, auditing or whatever the fuck they call it. Basically, it's indoctrination. And then, uh, in addition to that, when these kids turn 12 or whatever, I don't know what the age is, they have to go work for the Sea Org uh, for like six years, but they don't get paid. Wow. Isn't that slavery? Isn't that what... Uh, yeah. I don't know how this organization still fucking exists. And, and he's in the middle of filming a action sci-fi movie called Oblivion. $130 million budget. Well. As Commander Jack Harper. It's about time, Katie Holmes. Congratulations for having the cojones to uh, do what you got to do. Yeah. Because uh, that guy's fucking a lunatic. Yeah, he's kooky. Hey, good actor, John. Yeah. But a fucking lunatic. Yeah. Allegedly, of course. Yeah, we don't know.
All right, moving on with celebrity news, John. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? Did you hear about Justin Bieber, John? Justin Bieber's in no. celebrity news. I have some audio here. Yeah. Oh, Bristol Palin's show has been moved. Uh, the timing's to been moved, and they off think the air. Yeah, they think next year there will not be a second season. Um. Justin Bieber was on a morning radio show, and this is unbelievably irritating. I listened to a little bit of this. Um, no doubt. Let me see if I can. Here yeah, we go. Are you ready? Fuck you! The very intro of this yeah. clip is going to be Justin Bieber promoting the DJ on this radio station. It's unbelievably annoying. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. Is Justin Bieber, and you're spending some quality time with Mojo, Spike, and Shannon in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Tete anus. All right, so he's on the Mojo show, yeah. John. And uh, here's what happened. Uh, Mojo. You're a dim teacher. Started talking about Harry from One Direction. Hey, do you know One Direction? Yeah, I know One Direction. Hey, do you know Harry? Yeah, I know Harry. Uh, Harry has a thing for older women. I don't know if you know that, John. But he's been linked with two 32-year-old women. Blah, 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 and I believe blah. Harry's like 18 years old. So the DJ asked Justin if... If you were smart. <laughs> <laughs> the DJ asked Justin if he was worried yeah. having Harry around his mother. And things went... <laughs> I thought you were going to say <laughs> Harry around his balls. <laughs> what? And things went south. <laughs> From there, let's see if my I can. Life, it's going to be more personal. See if I can pick it up from there. For the people listening and to know that yeah, these are the things that Justin's actually going through, and this is what he wants. Yeah, and blah blah blah. I, I, I blah, 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 blah. Like I didn't want to get sued. It's, yeah. yeah. Was that? Would you say? You know, the price of fame. They talk about the price of fame, and you think about what you you've gone through with that. Do you look back on that? And, Who cares? Gotta, at me in this business, I got to just. Yeah, they're, they're good kids. Do you worry about oh, Harry? Yeah. Uh, Here we go. You know, when he's around your mom, since it seems that he likes older women. Do I wonder what? Do you worry about Harry around your mom, since he uh, he likes older women? Nothing. You should worry about me around your mom, bro. <laughs> around my mom? Did you hear that? Yeah. You should worry about me around your mom, yeah. bro. You dick sucker. Yeah. Justin, my mom's dead. So unfortunately, it wouldn't work. Hey, the uh, this is the moment of the interview where it goes it goes south. Oh, hello. Yep. <laughs> yep. Collect. I think I lost him. All right. Hold on one second. All right. So, just to give you a little behind the scenes of what was going on at this time, behind the scenes at this time, the person that connected us from the record company uh, was trying to call Justin back to get him back on the the phone. And see if he would finish up because she had said something about his. Oh, she is trying to get him back out. Hey, I can't get him. He's in a really area. She thinks it's his cell phone. That's the reason why he hung up. Yeah, so that's Mojo. Here's what I don't understand. Why the fuck was Mojo on the phone and Justin Bieber on the phone for that shitty interview? Why wasn't he at least in Mojo? At least in studio. I don't know. Huh, John? Yeah, so he hung up. And to be honest with you there, John, I would have hung up too. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know if I would have made the comment about you should be worried about your mom around your mother. me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would have said that, but... Uh... You should worry about your mom around me because <laughs> she's like a doorknob. Everybody gets a turn. <laughs> yeah. She's like cake. <laughs> Everybody gets a piece. <laughs> Again, you yeah. know, I don't know Your how mom many... is so big, her belt size is the equator. I don't know how many times we reach out to you know celebrities. What? Your mother's self-portrait is an aerial shot. We reach out to Lindsay Lohan. We reach out to Katie Holmes. Now we're reaching yeah. out to Justin Bieber. Hire John and Scott. That's we'll right. prepare you we will for be these dumb PR morning man. guys to be able to handle that. Because they're so goddamn dumb. So you don't have to hang up. No. And then say, oh, I, I don't have cell phone reception. Right. Yeah. It's lame. Yeah. I, and plus, I give them all these great comebacks, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, in uh, related Justin Bieber news, Mark Wahlberg, who's in Ted, John. Yeah. Ted, which was at tops at the box office this week. Ted. Oh, Ted. Ted, yes. Ted. He says... Uh, uh, he's looking forward to working with the Beebs in a movie. <laughs> Wahlberg wants to star with the Beebs. Uh, they're collaborating hey, chicken. right now. Hey, how's your mom? Without how's hesitation, your, your mother? he told us, hopefully, if a script is good, we'll get something together. Hey, chicken. <laughs> Marky Mark, 41, and Justin, 18. He's only fucking 18? Jesus Christ. Would learn up, would would team up to remake Marx's 1996 <laughs> thriller, Fear. Right. Have you ever seen that, Fear? Yeah. With Marky Mark? Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. I've seen it. You have? Yeah. It, was it good? It's not bad. They, it's pretty psycho. They're thinking now, of remaking really that to be here today, I'll be with honest. the Beebs. At 33 years of age, I haven't endured or lived that much more than you guys. So, in order to give you a broader scope of what's to come, I reached out and asked for some words of wisdom from some people that I thought were relevant to your experience here. Uh, the is that you? Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> no. A Harvard student, that's not you? No. Me that's me? That I no, that's me. You now. Oh, okay. Oh, <clears throat> uh, hey guys, it's me, Mark. Uh, no. It's you all. Have a movie made about you. <laughs> I went to Harvard. And uh, here's what he had to say. <clears throat> hey, Harvard, how's it going? So you guys are graduating, huh? I think that's great. Is that Marky Mark? Together. What do you think? Yeah. You guys are super smart, right? I used to prosthetic penis and boogie nights. Okay, just think about it. Say hi to your mother for me, okay? No, it's Andy Sandberg giving a uh, uh, a speech at Harvard Harvard College, like a commencement speech, <laughs> and he's doing Wahlberg, Zuckerberg, Nick Cage. Hello, his his Wahlberg was right on, John. wasn't it? Hey, uh, hey, one other celebrity story. Uh, say hi to your mother, right? Okay, Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, anti-vax Jenny McCarthy? Yeah. She's in Playboy, John. Did you know that? No. Yeah, her pics have hit the interwebs. No. Yeah. Jenny McCarthy. How old is she now? She's in her 40s, right? Yeah. Gotta be. Yeah. She's with Erlacher now. Really? Yeah. What is he thinking? We need to be like uh, celebrity coaches, John. Yeah. 
Set these people straight. Come on. I don't I see, see her. for She's a naked. week. But to to be with her for a uh, month or two months? She's been naked in Playboy before though. Right. She that's where she got her start. Yeah. But she's in her 40s now. All right. She's back in Playboy. She's back in the saddle and they, again. It hits the interwebs there, John. Does it's it? out there. Yeah, you want me to send you a link there? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. I see Playboy. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very nice. Very nice shave job. I like that. See, right. I like a little hair down there. <laughs> I don't like it all cleaned up. That's good to up. know, John. That's excellent. I like a little bit of, you know, she's got like a little uh, landing strip going. And it turns out she really is a blonde. Huh. Who knew? Oh, there's another nice one. She's showering. Well, that's nice. At least she's she's into hygiene, Scott. That's very it's that's very important in your 40s. Yes. You shower, and she's showering. I don't shower. We know that. I go swimming a lot. <laughs> So women. So women. All right, John, turning to science news. Big, huge science news. Big, Boson. Huge science news. Before we get to that science news, I saw this story in Science News. There's a magazine called Science News. Did you know that? No. I I subscribe, John. And here's the story. Severe apnea tied to cancer. How about that? Wow. Study finds oxygen loss from sleep disruption raises the risk by 4%. Wow. So, uh, I was diagnosed with apnea. I did my sleep study, but I never followed it up with the uh, CPAP. Yeah. So now I got to go back and get another referral to get another sleep study to get the CPAP. So I will be uh, doing that there, You'll be wearing the CPAP, huh? I'll be wearing the CPAP, yeah. (laughs) Does yours got a little humidifier on it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? I don't use it. No? No. Don't need it. Huh? I gotta get. I gotta get a new one. I think my cousin Dan got one. Cousin Dan, how's yeah. he doing on the? You played some snoring of cousin yeah. Dan one time. Cousin Dan, he he got a CPAP um, because his snoring is so bad. His his CPAP is actually pretty cool though. He um, his his is like really compact. It's like almost like you could put it in your pocket. It's so small. That's, well, that's how small cool. it is, yeah. You want to hear you Cousin get, Dan snoring? Do you get to pick your CPAP uh, yeah. configuration? Yeah. 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 This is Cousin Dan staying at our house for like three months. <laughs> that's me laughing. This is through the door. (laughs) What the fuck is that? (laughs) Well, this science story, I I took notice here uh, with this cancer. Actually, it's 4.8 times more, almost five times more likely. To die of a cancer-related cause if you have apnea. I don't have severe apnea, though. I do have apnea, but it's not severe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I. you know, I didn't notice it until... um, I always, like, 
this this happened for years. I never thought it was sleep apnea. I just would like lay on my side, fall asleep, and then I just wake up an hour later abruptly and have to flip over on my other side. And I do this throughout the whole night, and I'd always be so fucking tired. I couldn't. I'd like fall asleep at a stoplight, you know, just so tired all the time. And it wasn't until uh, we moved all that shit uh, out of my house and um, to do the second floor. And I slipped on the stairs and I like pulled my shoulder out of the socket. And I had to do like the, you know, the lethal weapon uh, Mel Gibson move where I had to like lock it back in because my whole wrist turned upside down and it pulled completely out <clears throat> and uh, once it popped back in this, the endorphins rushed through my body well I couldn't sleep on that side so I had to sleep on the side that I wasn't used to and I wake up at like 4 in the morning and I'm sweating and my head hurts so fucking bad I can't even see straight, and I tell the wife, you got to take me to the hospital. I don't know what's wrong with me. And she takes me, and my blood pressure's through the roof. The head is splitting. I'm pale. They got doctors asking me a million questions. I tell them about my shoulder, and I, you know, just woke up. Felt like I couldn't breathe. He goes, wow, all these symptoms you're describing are like you have sleep apnea. I'm going to send you for a study. Actually, we're going to. T- so they talked to my doctor, and that's how I, I f- found out I had it. It was because I fell on the front stairs, slipping on some ice, couldn't sleep on the one side, and I couldn't figure out why I was getting these headaches all the time. I always thought they were sinus headaches. But th- these were like sometimes I had to call in sick from work, and I haven't had one of them since I've been using the machine. Nice and and your uh, energy level is, is oh yeah better. much more you alert. Don't fall asleep at stoplights anymore. In meetings at work, I'd be like, you know, now no problem. I'm still exhausted because I'm old and fat, but that's that's another that's a whole separate issue. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he went to get a sleep study, and he said usually they they like to have two studies, one yeah. for diagnostics and something you know they'd like to follow up he said in the middle of his sleep study they woke him up after two or three hours and they said yeah we don't need to do any more tests you have sleep apnea he had 70 episodes of sleep yeah. apnea in one that's hour. what i had really yeah so uh for those of you who don't know mine was apnea like 60 is uh your your throat relaxes so much that it cuts off the air supply while you're sleeping, yeah. and then your brain wakes you up to start breathing again. Yeah, and you had how many per hour? Like sixty. Sixty. Yeah. 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 He. Um. They were telling me. Uh. I had both. I had obstructional and non-obstruction, which is the one that's non is your brain doesn't tell you to start breathing again. Oh, that's the worst one. Yeah. 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 And. Uh, because you know they put all these electrodes all over you. You, you did it, yeah. and um, I couldn't sleep. I had so many goddamn things. Yeah, taped me to my either. Head. And then he put the machine on me, and and I'm like, oh, this is even worse. 
And because I was so exhausted, uh, at first he put the machine on me, and then it must have slipped off my face, and he woke me up and was putting it back on again. And he had just smoked a cigarette, so I could uh, smell it on his hands. Uh, I'm like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. But at some point, I, I, I went out. I was out. And he woke me up, and I, I felt... Uh, friggin' awesome! Really good. I mean, I felt like totally like drunk and stupid, but like you feel like when you wake up as a little kid, when your parents wake you up in the back seat of the car when you arrive home, and you're you're stumbling around, and they got to carry you to bed. That kind of feeling. And uh, two weeks later, the machine came. It took me two weeks to get used to it. Once I got used to it, bam, out cold. But I got to get a whole bunch of new stuff for it because, um, yeah, I need a new mask and all that shit. Yeah, well, I gotta, I gotta sign up for another study and do that shit and get hooked up. And I'm kind of looking forward to it—a good night's sleep. Yeah. That well, see, nice. I, I can't even nap without it. I can't even take a nap without that damn thing. That's the only sucky part. I feel like I'm hooked on it forever. Is it easy to move around? Yeah. Is it easy to travel with? Oh, yeah. Nice. Actually, Cousin Dan's is way better. His is way like, better. Uh, it's like about as inch and a half thick uh, by about four inches by three inches. And you can take the little... There's another piece to it that hooks on that has... It's a water reservoir. And then he's got the mask and the hose and the whole bit. But I just take the the little motor, the hose and the mask and the cord. And then when I get to the, I put it in my backpack. Everything else can go in the suitcase, but that goes in the backpack. So when we go to the um, airport, airport, I just pull that sucker out and throw it in the in the little uh, tote and run it through. So what these machines do is they keep air flowing through your esophagus so that it doesn't collapse, right? Yeah, positive air. Positive air. Yes, positive air. Yeah, continuous positive air. Something. All right, moving on, John. Science news. Big, it's not really a formal announcement, but there's, um, because of some of the activity going on at uh, CERN, or do you call it Kern? Yeah. Um, because of the activity and the press conferences they're setting up, people are assuming or they're guessing that they have found the Higgs boson, also referred to, unfortunately, as the God particle. Now, well, what that this, might be tongue in cheek, Scott. You never know. It might be, but not to. It depends on who your audience yeah. is. You know how they interpret it. But uh, all this does, this the only thing that this does is it adds, it, it's an explanation for how the things that make up atoms have mass. It's because of the Higgs boson. So it's uh, uh, the standard model of physics. This is the uh, what gives us uh, um, the different weights of the different elements and the different atoms that make up Physics, John. Yeah. And it's kind of like that uh, chemical equivalent. What do they call that thing? The periodic table? Yeah. 
So some guy put this periodic table of chemicals together and he said, hey, wait a minute, we're missing a couple of uh, squares that should be here, here, and here. And then they were able to make predictions based on that and they eventually found those elements. Same thing with the uh, physics there in the standard model. They put this standard model together and they had some missing elements and they're like, well, wait a minute, we should have something here, here, and here. Higgs boson is one of those things. And they, uh, on Wednesday... They may announce that they have found this particle, which according to the model, according to the theory, gives atoms their mass. Right. You got that, John? Yeah. So that's very big. That means the standard model is intact. And when you talk about physics theories, in biology we got Darwin's evolution, probably the most uh, uh, well-backed-up theory of, of all time, John. Uh, quantum uh, quantum mechanics uh, probably comes in a close second, but that's all based on probabilities. Then you got your standard model, and with this addition of the Higgs boson, it's very solid, very solid, John. And then the other one is general relativity. How about that? Yeah, Einstein played a role in general relativity and quantum mechanics. How about that, John? What this does not mean is that <laughs> string theory is a valid. Uh, concept of the theory of everything. This has nothing to do with string theory at all. No. Nothing at all. No. Nothing to do with M theory? Nothing to do with a membrane theory, John. The brain. Are you sure? I am positive. I am positive. Nothing to do with string theory. String theory doesn't predict this. It doesn't uh, incorporate any of this bullshit into its bullshit. Uh, so it has no effect whatsoever on string theory. All right, I, I just fucked up something on my computer. I'm not getting Google searches. Google Chrome is not responding since I opened a Jenny McCarthy picture. What is going on, Scott? I don't know. I think I got a virus. That's not good, right? <laughs> now, uh, I guess I take that back. The only way that, that it does... So you still have general relativity. You got your standard model, which is based on uh, uh, quantum mechanics. It's a quantum theory. So gravity is still a big question there. So these two theories um, are, are in their own domains are very, very strong, but they're not compatible. So indirectly... It still doesn't affect it. String theory is still bullshit, right? Yeah. This findings, it, it makes uh, standard uh, model stronger. General relativity is still strong. Uh, but there's that theory of everything where they're trying to incorporate all these things together to explain the weak, the strong interaction and gravity, John. And gravity. Yeah. See, the gravity, that's the key. That's the kicker right there. So bring it all full circle. There you have it. So that that could be a very very big announcement on Wednesday, and I'm sure we'll hear from Michio Kaku uh, what he has to say. Cackle. The big douche. You don't like him very much. No, I don't do like him at all. No, no. I follow him on Twitter, but he doesn't say anything other than "Hey, I'm going to be signing books." Are you going to answer the door? I got to go to bed. Oh, Phil can't make it. I don't know who that what? is. Do you want me to go answer the door and find out who could that you, is? Could you? 
Because it's not Phil. Yeah, let me go check. Go run over there, would you? If you were smart, blah 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 blah. Oh, it's just Marty. All right, just kick him out. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. Ah! <laughs> right, back. You know, if Marty's going to show up, he needs to come <laughs> yeah. when we start the show, not when you're we're ending teacher. the show. You're a dim teacher. The big dummy. Tetanus. Damn, what her bell be? Hold on. Did I have anything else? Did I have anything else, I don't John? Know. I can, All right, on, I think I think we back. covered the uh, the Supreme Court ruling. Oh, I I do have a W story. Are you ready for a yeah. W story? Maybe we should save this for next week so we can back it up with some audio. But uh, basically, the story goes like this: uh, George W. and this is out of Salon.com. George W. still the worst president. Oh. <laughs> a new study ranks oh. <laughs> Bush near the very bottom in history. No. Due to delusional wars, reckless spending, and inflexibility. And then it's a pretty nice article. It's a pretty in-depth, long article. Um, In 2003, the W, then two years into his tenure, was asked by journalist Bob Woodward about his place in history. History, he replied, we don't know. We'll all be dead. (laughs) This is a remarkable statement from any president, suggesting a... something attitude toward the job's magnitude and responsibility to prosperity. I'm sorry, to posterity. Compare this to uh, another observation from a different president when asked about his place in history. This other president said, fellow citizens, we cannot escape history. We of this Congress and this administration we will be remembered in spite of ourselves. No personal significance or insignificance can spare one or another of us. The fiery trial through which we pass will light us down in honor or dishonor to the latest generation. That was Lincoln. <laughs> All right? That was Lincoln. And here we got the W. Yeah. History? We don't know. We'll all be dead. Fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, can't get fooled again. <laughs> yeah. What a dummy. Still the worst, John. Still. Still. The worst. One other. Still one the other worst. Thing. I went out searching for TTN. I do that every once in a while, maybe once a year on Google. And I ran across this, John. There's another TTN podcast. What? Yes, that's right. I don't think this one's still around anymore. Hold on. Hold on. Let me cue it up. This is TTN Podcast, episode 125 from 2009. And I couldn't find any later episodes. Are you ready for this? Yeah. This is a video podcast, and it's about video games. I'm not sure what TTN stands for. TTN. This is, uh, can you believe we are here today, episode 125. Check out the latest installment of TTN as this week we bring you some feedback on all of the hype going around the brand new Madden NFL 2009 video game that was released on Tuesday. You ready? Here we go. Yeah. 
This episode of the TTM Podcast is coming to you this weekend. Beautiful, stunning, high definition. Thanks to our sponsor, go to my PC. They have a sponsor. Free trials yeah, and best we've, we've, desktop we've talked about this one before. On we have? You can visit our special website we have for you at www.gotomypc.com forward slash podcast. That's go the to com forward slash podcast. Technet. For the best remote desktop software found anywhere on the web. Just visit go to my PC. That's a good thirty minute. Uh, I'm sorry, thirty second commercial. Relax. It's time for episode number one hundred and twenty five of T T N T T N T H A Tech Net. We've talked about them before. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. They podcast in HD, John. On with it already. TTM. My name is Mark Wood, coming to you here from Salem, Massachusetts. Mark Wood. Welcome to episode number 125 of our great Are they still technology going? podcast. Folks, coming up this uh, week, we're going to do some so. of the top technology stories on the web that we thought would interest you, the listeners, and that you normally would not hear on those normal Like this has 142 views. And remember, folks, we keep it short and, and simple. And I've probably viewed it three so times. You to sit there and download all day. And we then got you 33 likes on uh, Facebook. You're trying to get the straight shooting news. Let's go check out some other cool videos, like this one. Araby. This has 17,000 views, John. 17,000. What's that wonderful high-pitched ringing sound? <laughs> That's the conversion from audio to Anytime digital. you ready. Here's some of the comments. What the fuck is this artless shit? Maybe if you put the same effort into editing... And actually making it someone entertaining, it would not be the heaping, steaming pile of filth that it is. I see the last tech, the TechNet, uh, April, or no, September 30th, 2011. And then they're no longer. Yeah. They're defunct. Deceased. Right. That's there you have it. And there you have it. U2 Vertico Base has 4,500 views, John. <laughs> <laughs> Nudie Love has 264 Nudie. views. Blister in the Sun with the great Pauly B and Tony Hearn has 248. Should I Stay has 186 views. Cheers has 102. And Words has 188 views. Wow. If you'd like to see the videos I'm talking about, uh, type in, go to YouTube and type in Flem Livet. You will see these fascinating videos. If you click on Araby, you'll see Scott and John, John and Scott, in a classic uh, video shot in black and white. Yeah. It's based on the short story by James Joyce. And uh, there you have it. This just in uh, Solar Flare may spark oral, aural. Fireworks on July 4th. Aural? Aural. Aural. Yeah. How do you spell that? A-U-R-A-L. Aural. Like Aurora type. (laughs) (sighs) The sun sent out a flare powerful enough to disrupt disrupt radio communications over Europe today, along with an eruption of electrically charged particles of... Yeah, 
an eruption of electrically charged particles that just might sweep past Earth's magnetic field in time to spark a 4th of July show of auroral fireworks. Did I say auroral? Auroral. Auroral. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe we missed this story, John. Anderson Cooper came out today and said that he's gay. Oh, everybody knew that. Didn't he say that already? Yeah. Is this news? Why is this news? I don't know. I couldn't be more happy, comfortable with myself. I couldn't be more gay. And happy. I'm sorry, and proud. (laughs) I couldn't be more gay and proud about being gay. That's nice, Anderson. The fact is, I'm gay. (laughs) Always have been, always will be. I I can't wait to (laughs) cut that sound bite out. And I couldn't be any more happy, comfortable with myself, and proud, he wrote to fellow gay journalist Andrew Sullivan. Cooper declared he didn't want to have his silence about his sexuality. Talk of it has swirled for years to be misconstrued as shame. By remaining silent on certain aspects of my personal life for so long, I have given some the mistaken impression that I'm trying to hide something, something that makes me uncomfortable, ashamed, or even afraid. This is distressing because it is simply not true. <laughs> Hide the salami. How old do you think Anderson <laughs> Cooper is? How old, John? Come on. I don't know, but isn't he the son of some famous, like, Vanderbilt or something? Is he? Wouldn't he be Anderson Vanderbilt? No. He's 45, John. 45. Uh-huh. uh-huh. He's uh, he's the son of somebody famous. The son of. The son of. Somebody. Somebody. Sana. Sana. Uh, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Gloria Vander- Vanderbilt. Gloria yeah. Vanderbilt. Yeah. He's the younger son of the writer Wyatt Emery Cooper and the artist, designer, writer, and heiress Gloria Vanderbilt. His grandparents were the millionaire equestrian Reginald Claypool Vanderbilt and socialite Claypool Gloria Morgan Vanderbilt. Claypool, can I get a light, Claypool? Oh, please, (laughs) serve the tea in the best silver. Bring the china. But of course. Yes. I'll draw. Great grandfather was Cornelius Vanderbilt. John and Scott, how draw. I'll draw. <laughs> how could you listen to that Claypool? <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, so. you know, when Phil doesn't come over, we don't know how to end the show. Yeah, we don't know how we to. I know how to. We just do this. <laughs> it's over. 255 comes to a close, John. Oh, one more thing. Do you know there's 467 euphemisms for the woman's uh, private parts? Maybe we'll cover that next week. I know. There was a thing about uh, Amber's boobies. Oh, right. That's we other should, TTN listener news. Call, her, call in. She did her first burlesque show yeah. at Weeds, or Joe on Weed Street. Joe on Weed oh, Street. Oh, we missed that? She didn't even invite us. We used to play there for open mic, didn't yeah. we? Joe on Weed Street? No. Or was that before you did join the band? Join. You did the band. Before I did it. I've been there, though. Joe's on Weed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. She had some testing or something? I don't know. We'll have to ask her. Maybe she doesn't want us to talk about it. But she put it on Facebook. Oh, wow. And somebody mentioned boobs. 
One more thing, Louis C.K. Yeah. Louis C.K. Louis yeah. Louis C.K. His uh, second season has started. I saw the yeah. first show. Wasn't that impressed. No. But uh, he but. got a he got a tweet from Ronnie Alzer, and he said, "Louis C.K. Come back to North Carolina, biatch." And Louis Keys <laughs> Louis C.K. <laughs> responded, "Let gays have civil unions, cunt." Nice. <laughs> and there you have it. That brings to a close. Episode Total Talk 255 yeah, with uh, Total Talk Dive. This is John Scott. I'm John. And I'm Scott. Say goodnight, Scott. Good night, Scott. Listening to John and Scott. A total talk nonsense.